This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rude. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, this is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night Hey, what's up y'all? This is Rich from One Nation Radio We had some audio difficulties for about the first 40 minutes of the show cleaned it up as much as i could for you so just bear with us through there at the 40 minute mark you will see a dramatic change in the quality we just did not want to lose that early portion of the show enjoy the show and thanks sasha banks welcome to the august 12th edition of one nation radio james what's going on man not too much saw a lot a lot of great wrestling this week throughout all of the shows that we, you know, previewed and talked about uh, leading up to it. Like, where were you put this in comparison? Just words quick off the top of your head. Like, where were you put this in comparison to, like, let's say the stuff you saw during WrestleMania week this year? So, I think WrestleMania weekend, for me, it was more physically exhausting just because we were, like, hauling our ass to all around <laughs> New York to actually go see the shit. So, this uh, one actually felt, like, kind of relieved that it was, like, you know, and Glow came out this weekend. So I, you know, I was like, I'm going to watch what I feel like watching and, and not like pressure myself to watch everything this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, I was like, I got to, and, you know, Floyd actually kind of echoed my sentiments. Like I had to watch something aside from the wrestling. So, you know, I, I busted down like six episodes of Glow or whatever. Wow. And, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I thought it was relatively cool. But, you know, if you, whatever you were looking for this weekend, it had it in wrestling. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, I got to a point. I want to say, yeah, I got to a point from me trying to catch up and saying, you know what, I'll get to whatever else left on that back half of the G one that I uh that I missed, but, but I must watch all of the uh, main events. So I end up catching, um, I think night nine through sixteen of all the all the main events, and I watched it all Friday night. So then, um, I thought, okay, I'm I'm probably end up being able to wake up and then wake up and then the I can watch uh, whatever Stardom match they put up first, or whatever. I'm thinking it's probably going to be in Jungle versus uh, versus Arisa. I was right, but it ended up being the next day. So I was like, you know what? Well, let me go ahead and wa- uh, watch uh, the the main event of night of the of the Block A final because I was like, that I'm only going to watch that, that one match. I know there's Tanahashi and um, and Will Ospreay on it, but I'm just going to un- ignore that because that there are no implications for who wins the block. So. Watched Okada versus Ibushi. Um, 
then had to do some uh, some family stuff or whatever else. Uh, my mother is getting married um, to her to her uh, longtime boyfriend of nearly thirty years. Congratulations, them. Congratulations, Miss Pat. Yeah. <laughs> so, play, play this back for her. So, all right, I'll do that. So I had uh, I think you're invited to the wedding. I'll I'll, I'll let you know. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, but anyway. So then from there. Uh, so then from there handle some of the stuff as far as uh, the wedding planning stuff because um, I'm in the wedding party obviously and then move on to uh, take over with y'all so then by that point in time I wake up I go to sleep wake up for for uh, Saturday or Sunday night or Sunday morning and I, the, the Rissa and Jungle Match is up watching it really enjoying it but just feeling like there's something missing so that's the only starter match I was up, so I was like, all right, well, let me st- let me start off with this, uh, with the last night of the B block. Get through the, you know, that nonsense, which is Jeff Cobb and Ishi or uh, Jeff Cobb and Yano. Then it gets to the second match, and the second match is uh is Taichi and Ishi. Taichi and Ishi, and and Taichi came out guns a blaze now to start it, and I'm just like, not really feeling the match, and I was like, all right, I'm pressing pause right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm about, because after we get like right, right after five minutes pass, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm stopping this right now because I'm not feeling this match. And they started out hot, and Ishii's the best wrestler in the world right now. So let me, like, I've been watching, I'm just completely desensitized and numb to this thing. And like, I got to watch SummerSlam. <laughs> like, this is going to be a disaster. So um, I ended up getting away from it. I ended up um, getting my mind on something else. I ended up watching um, the show called, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but I got my mind off it for like, like 25 minutes, half hour, whatever. So then I started SummerSlam, uh, and I watched SummerSlam, and then um, I got up early this morning, and I ended up cranking out the second half of the block, or uh, the end of that show from where I left off. I restarted the match with Ishii, and then I saw the 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 Goto in the um, the Goto match with Shingo, and then. I, I watched the block final. I'm just like, hmm, okay, great match, but mm, still lacking. And then, um, not too long ago, probably the time, the time we right right after you talked about you were gonna watch the uh, the G1 final, I uh, I had just finished it. So, so yeah, man, hell of a lot of wrestling, but so much wrestling that like I got desensitized completely to it. So, <laughs> so luckily, luckily I was able to catch myself like, hold on, bro, and then like get my mind off and get back to it and kind of freshen it. So I definitely get what you mean as far as like. You know, trying to stay away from it if you can't, if you, if you felt like it wasn't for you to try to watch all of it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we, as you guys can tell, kind of like what James's rundown there, we got a lot to talk about today. And I put yeah. out questions, too, so we're going to take some of those off Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the two top matches of Stardom. Of course, uh, I am so sad that they changed the music uh, for Stardom. <laughs> It will live on forever on One Nation Radio. Uh, I am not playing that you new jack shit. That they, that you don't want to. You want to move on nah. to like the pop to the new age pop nah. dubstep deal. I'm good. I'm good. To... I will pass. I will okay. pass on their 2011's finest. Like <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, we like I said, we got the Stardom uh, top two matches. We got NXT Takeover. We've got. Uh, the G1 uh, results, pretty much, and uh, SummerSlam, of course. So, shit, I guess, you know, what, what, what we've been doing here on this show. Let's start it with the stardom. So, I'm going to hit the music. 
back. Yes, we are back here to talk about stardom. So, yes, you, you might be wondering to yourself, why are you starting with stardom rather than NXT and SummerSlam? I don't know, motherfucker, because I am. Like, you know, so, <laughs> so um, there, there were two matches up from the Cork and Hall show, um, you know, coming up. And we had, uh, of course, our white belt champion, Arisa Hoshiki, and our red belt champion, both in action defending the championships uh, against worthy challengers jungle kiona and utami hayasha shida i believe that's how i used to pronounce it okay close enough that, okay. like that's how america would probably pronounce it yeah, yeah. Yep. even though i'm also american but you my point yeah yep i, I guess we should start with uh arisa and jungle and arisa does it again <laughs> yeah i had mixed feelings on this match because as i said like this while i was desensitized and as i'm watching i'm just like okay so another match where where Tam, or not Tam, uh, Arissa, like, she's a great striker, but, like, I don't think she has really much of anything else aside from striking um, or watching, because this whole match was, all right, Jungle is, Jungle is working over her legs for the first third of the match, and then you watch her throughout the match, and she's selling um, while she's getting her legs working over very well. Um, the problem is she immediately does, she immediately does the Seth Rollins. <laughs> it's just like I am like oh I got my shit worked over okay I'm still gonna do whatever I was doing anyway like so it didn't even matter uh but like the the finishing sequence was so strong and the crowd was so hot and at the time I was just like the crowd is hotter than my reaction is to this thing so clearly there's something going on here I'm missing something or maybe or something I don't get it so I'm gonna go back and rewatch I normally end up rewatching um the first match they end up putting up on the Corkin show um once all the matches come out and why I end up watching the entire show all together mm -hmm. so. Um, I'll report. I'll, I'll report back on it. But like, I thought it was at least a four. But the crowd was reacting like it was a four and a half. Yeah, I'm like leaning between four and a quarter and four and a half on that. And basically, like, what got me into it, I was like spoiled on the match from Twitter the other day, and I, I knew she retained or whatever, right? But okay. I still got into the match today when I was watching it, and just because like. You know, Jungle has great fire, and, you know, when Ar Arissa starts, you know, letting them kicks off, you know, it it, 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 get, it gets you going, you know. <laughs> it gets me excited, you know, especially <laughs> when she uh, comes off the top rope with the one kick, you know, and she just looked like she took Jungle's block off with that. So, uh, Jungle Kiona, the lovable loser, loses again. Um, right. Yeah, all the training, all the running on the beach, none of it, you know, was going to stop uh, V4 from happening. And uh, I didn't catch the post match, but uh, did they make any announcements on uh, who who wants to smoke next with uh, uh, our white belt champion? Uh, no, they did not because I, I'm one. Holy shit! Okay, so I have Raw mute in, uh, dude. Uh, from what I can tell, McIntyre and Alexander had a really kick-ass match, and it ended with uh, they both hit the ropes, and McIntyre hits the, the Claymore, and the Claymore sends uh, makes. Uh, Alexander do the 360 flip like he uh, or the full backflip after you get catch a huge uh, lariat mm -hmm. and that was the finish and the crowd popped a huge horn so like yeah so that's the second match on Raw that I've seen so far that would have been the second best match <laughs> would have been the second best match on SummerSlam we but, will get there <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah we were talking about uh, Jungle yeah I, I think they didn't do that because they're about to head into the uh, the, the five star Grand Prix and gotcha. so there's gonna be so many matches that you know like you know. In theory, her mat, her her next contender could be the winner. Gotcha. 
All right, and then we had our main event of the show that was up. It was B Priestley versus Utami, and I don't know, man. This one, it didn't reach the level that I thought going into it. B Priestley retained the title, so my prediction was wrong. Uh, Utami did not win uh, on our one-year anniversary. Uh, but, yeah, it's not that the match was bad or anything. It just never really got out of the first gear for me, and, it was nice of them to see, um, you know, B get three streamers thrown at her this time, uh, <laughs> rather than a smooth zero uh, last time. Uh, Utami came on. She had, like, it looked like her big match gear on. I hadn't seen this gear previously. Nah, that's his brand new gear. She, that's his brand new gear. She's never brought that. She's never had that before. Yep. Uh, but, and yeah. The, and the weird thing was it looked just, it looked like a, like a variation of what uh, B was wearing. So it was like, okay, y'all got the same stylist. <laughs> no stylist <laughs> but uh yeah man i don't know it didn't really uh, i would probably go like three and a half three point seven five on this it you know i was yeah. kind of disappointed i i feel like they have way more uh you know they're capable of way more yeah i was at uh i was at three and three quarters uh i think i think the one thing that also i heard it was that like b just had too much of the match She's she's had way too much of the match, at, uh, especially in the first two thirds of it. Just yeah, she was kicking was the just, shit out of Utami. And yeah. Utami could get nothing going yeah. to, to the wake thing, the people up. Yeah, and like the and like you could see that they were. It was clearly. I mean, I don't know how they didn't already know this after the Momo match, but it was clear that the crowd, the crowd is pro is not with. I mean, even with the streamers, you see it as an example. The crowd is not with. Behind um, being the way that the way she was kind of protected, uh, believe to believe, like she's only been pinned or submitted like one time since uh, in the last I think twelve or sorry like fourteen fifteen months. But you know it is what it is. So she had all this. She had so much of this match, and like people are there to see her lose more or less. <laughs> but and she's and she's trying and she's trying to get heat, but like she's not Jay White, and you know this isn't you know stars. You know I, I started me is like. Yes, like Odeo Tire heels, but like they're lo they're more like lovable scamps than actual you know jingle bad people. Like they are not the 2019 Bullet Club after this G1, right? Oh yeah, so, we're gonna get to all them hoes. Yeah, right, exactly. Like they're they, they do not draw the stain. They're more just like okay, they cheat to win, and this is like the one group that really does that. So, uh, but anyway, like so for B to you know she was being up she was being up trying to get heat, but like. She's in Queen's Quest with Utami, and they know this is more of a respect, respectful match, and she offered her the fucking match, so it's like, I'm like, we know you're not actually healing out right now, and the crowd was kind of respectful for that, and even though she was trying at times to try to get some heat, but it did, but once Utami started getting, you know, hope spots, and it started, like, got her, got a comeback, and then the crowd woke up, and then, like, that last third is what got this match, like, from under two, under three to, like, the three and, the three, and three quarters that you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean... I, I think I feel like in a way they almost remember we talked about the uh, free, or last year and we talked about the Kenny and Abushi match like it felt like they were saving stuff and also the Okada and Abushi match um, from this weekend like it felt like people they were saving some stuff I felt like they were saving stuff in this match but you know um, because I think that Tommy is seriously a contender to win the G1 or not G1 <laughs> the Grand Prix so uh, uh I, I kind of felt that way for both of her match with Momo last at the last Corkin too. So, you know, for me, I'm still kind of thinking like it's going to be a race between both of them in the opposite blocks, and then that could be the block final. Whoever 
wins could actually actually is going to become the red belt champion but we'll see so speaking of a race in the race between uh Arissa and b that i've created in my um own head you know since they won the belts at the same time they both got four defenses it looks like Arissa yeah, has, yeah Arissa is taking the lead a commanding lead right now as far as you know <laughs> Uh, you know, who got the juice, who got the props essentially right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, that was our stardom, uh, talk. Let's go into, oh, well, there's, there's, there's one more thing. What's up? Uh, because of the visa issue from, um, that came up at the last minute. Um, we had, you know, there are 18 competitors in the, uh, in the, in the Grand Prix. One of them had to call out, uh, cause of the visa issue. Uh-huh. So they had to come over to a replacement. The replacement turns out uh, they did this after uh, the post match, uh, the the post match send off after uh, the the main event. So um, basically, everybody came out and said they're everybody was pretty much in it. Said I'm going to make you know I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. It's very similar to a to a uh, WWE uh, multi man match when they bring people out to go all do that. But anyway, so uh, Momo comes out and says, I guess you guys forgot about me because I kind of lost the momentum, but I'm going to get that back with with this but uh yeah rossi like you know uh she, uh the 19th the 18th person is going to be in here who's the 18th person so rossi gets on the mic and says it's going to be a zoomie the crowd erupts and cheers <laughs> it was the best thing ever sponsored so then, athlete uh, you know yeah so crowds are chanting azumi azumi and all that so then uh from there zoomie gets on the mic and uh she says yeah i'm 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 in the i'm in the red block that's like block that has like Momo and uh, Mayu and Tam Nakano, and he goes on, and she goes on to say, like, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of stars, uh, like from the star faction in there. I'm gonna beat all those. I'm gonna beat all those shitty star hags. This <laughs> is the best. It's just the best. So uh, that's how they ended that one. So, and that starts later this month, right? That's oh no, that starts next uh, weekend, the 17th. Okay. Well. Yeah, we will be talking about it here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, let's go right into the G1 results fresh uh, in my mind right here. So, uh, Kota Ibushi defeated Jay White in the finals. Great match uh, to yes. win the G1 Climax 29, 2019, whatever you want to say. Uh, it's funny how that kind of lines up like that. But, um, yeah, man, um, overall, it was, it was a wonderful tournament, man. Just wrestling that was... You got everything in this tournament that you could want as a wrestling fan, I think. You got high-flying matches. You got hoss battles. You got classic babyface versus heel wrestling. You got big man versus small man. You got big man versus big man. (laughs) You got, you know, world championship level wrestling. And wrestling that's going like the what the future is going to be in wrestling, you know, as far as pushing the craft forward. Um, we got a lot of that uh, in this tournament. And I just watched the final with uh, with White and, and Ibushi, and I found myself just, like, watching it, just, like, just enthralled, like, at, you know, how into it the crowd was, even the, the Jay White shenanigans, which are tiresome, and, you know, I could have went without them in the G1 final. I don't think it really hurt. Uh, anything I thought it was just you know they were stacking the odds against Ibushi and Ibushi you know we always heard that it was going to, and we're going to get to him later of course uh, we always heard and, and we're going to do it today James we are oh, going to yeah. do it all right I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually with you today yeah I'm actually with you today 
So, um, you know, we, we never really knew if Ibushi was go they were going to commit to him. You always heard about what everyone thought the plans would be for 2020 and the Dome, and it just had to happen and everything like that. But seeing Ibushi finally get it and thinking about when I first started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's like he's the last one to take the step to get to, like, the, the main event. And through no real fault of his own, he wouldn't sign a contract forever. So mm -hmm. this is like the place he should have been. He he belongs here, and it has been his, like his year as a heavyweight in New Japan, like his feud with Naito, uh, going throughout the summer in the G1 through the quote unquote injury and everything, and it, it, he's just found a way to, to to put it all together. And I think you know we're in for a hell of a of a treat. You know, January fourth or fifth. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, after, you know, we heard about a lifetime contract or whatever else, like, that was the, kind of my thought of, all right, well, this is where we're headed. We're headed towards Ibushi um, going to winning the G1 and getting into, or or it, uh, probably my, my, in my mind it was him winning the G1 and, and taking it to the Dome. Um, it didn't go exactly the way I thought it would uh, with the ankle situation and, like, one of the best flyers in complete wrestling role having to take some of the uh, tools out of his bag to get it done. But he got it done regardless, and his masterful job by, by the end of – by what happened in the, what, the third from the top match to – and that angle to get to where what happened all throughout the main event of the night to where, like, it got it all the way over in a way that I'm, I'm – I was thinking – you know, before it happened, I didn't know if it was going to be that big of a... I knew, I knew they were going to be all pro uh, Ibushi, but I didn't know it was going to be like, nah. Like, we were living and dying with him in that in that certain way. And they did all the all the stuff they did throughout that night, got, got it all the way to that point where it reached a fever pitch where, like, we cannot leave this fucking building without Ibushi being, yes. <laughs> winning this match. We were like, rushing it cannot, be, it cannot be Jay White again in another fucking... And another match with Okada at, at the Dome after what they did last year. We can't do that again. So, so yeah. Um, I uh, I forgot what well, I forgot what we were uh, leading off to at this, but uh, uh, about, but yeah, that was my general thoughts of um, that's my general thoughts on on that at particular night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I think the the story in the immediate media fallout is Tetsuya Naito. And his legions of deranged fans that have, you know, taken to the timeline. They're not deranged. Yes. They're, they're not deranged. Don't, you ain't got to go that far. You, look, you don't have to go that far. They have you just say, like... They, they have taken to the timeline and canceled their New Japan World subscriptions and sworn up and down that, you know, the business is ruined and uh, everything like that. Yes, man. Like, <laughs> you know how these LIJ loons are. Um, yeah, but it's like I mean, attendance went up by like what eight? Well, like how many thousands uh, over the over the eight, over this tournament from last year? It went up by thousands. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's no proof that uh, that there's anything that has been done wrong. Uh, literally since Wrestle Kingdom twelve, um, <laughs> this whole time that there's been been a quest. Like there, there's nothing. Like you know, and you, you win some and you lose some. Like y'all, you know what I think it is. It's just like if you were a huge Nakamura fan like seven years ago, right? Right. It's like, it's like, why does fuck like you want you don't want it to be Tanahashi and you damn sure don't want it to be Okada, but it's gonna be but too bad, like, and you have to live with that white belt. Yeah, <laughs> that, like you're Nakamura, like yeah. And, and, and look, and there, look, 
Nakamura is one of the one of the most outstanding wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Um, like I, you know, be playing things that uh that I forget and that I thought were awesome over the years, but like I'll never forget the first time seeing him at Wrestle uh, Wrestle Kingdom Nine. So like, ain't no shade. Ain't, look, dude, you could be a lot worse things in the fucking professional wrestling business than being uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, right? Um, in New Japan, right? And you know, the thing like that has you know, kind of kind of scraped me with the Naito thing is like. You, you start looking at the performance. You start mm-hmm. seeing it, it not quite match the levels that it has in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not about to cry Cause for... Because all the crazy risks he takes in these matches. Right. Trying to kill himself to get the match over. Right. I, I'm not about to cry for Tetsuya Naito, right? And mm-hmm. the reason I'm not going to cry for him is he's not the first best guy in his unit. He's not the second best guy in his unit. He's not the third best guy in his unit right now. Oh, He's wait, number wait, four wait, wait, right wait, now. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, are we include? Okay, so that's Shingo. That is uh, Sonata. Yep. Are you saying he's better? Are you saying he was better than him? No, I, I'm not willing to go that far. Okay, so you're so you're, so you're, you're talking about Takahashi. Yes. But okay, okay, fine. If Takahashi's neck is on straight, then yeah, sure. Yeah. And, sure. And also, I, I, I don't. Dis- I won't disagree on that. And, and also, like you think I'm about to cry for Tetsuya Naito and, and his fans when I'm watching Tomohiro Ishii <laughs> be the best wrestler in the fucking world? <laughs> really? Okay. You, you y'all y'all looking for my sympathy on this? Hell no, man. Like like get over that shit, mop that shit up, move on. Like I don't know why y'all married yourselves to 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 this. Like it's like. <laughs> To be fair, if you had told me, if you hadn't told me after uh, the 2017 G1, right, and that incredible match with Omega in the final, if you had told me that that dude was never going to win the the belt, uh, he was never going to win the belt in the next two years, I would have been shocked. So, I mean, to be fair, like, that dude that dude was one of the hottest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life, and you know how it is with pretty much um, – like every G one I've ever watched, like or or I've ever seen a block final, like or sorry, a final. After you watch that final, that motherfucker feels legendary. So and and he was looking real legendary at that time. So um, I, I, I it, agree it, with it that. Was, it, yeah, but like, he but he ran into he never, but he ran into two humongous problems. He ran into Co- or, excuse me. He landed ran into Kazuska Okada and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Sorry, sorry, it's like that. <laughs> Okay. It's like a, that. Uh, okay. I mean, fair enough, I guess. Fair like, enough. Like, you weren't wrestler of the year in 2017. You weren't wrestler of the year in 2018. But, and now we just thing, we though. just supposed to hold on and for and, and just and just cater to, to the Naito fans, to Naito oh. stands and, and shit like that. I've been holding this shit in. I've been wanting to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this motherfucker underperforming in the G1 oh and these main events and, and looking like he's done as far as being top five. There are there are people on his ass like the Will Osprey Bray group is coming. The oh, uh, the Jay White folks are coming. Like everyone's coming here, and he's thirty seven years old, and he's not like yeah. a Bushi who's a fucking tank. This guy, yeah, yeah. I... Okay, so this is what I'll say. I actually had this thought about. Uh, I was listening to um, an Observer uh, show um, from this weekend. And he had talked about the how much uh, the pro wrestling has advanced, like uh, just 
recently, over the last, like, you know, let's say five years, whatever. And I, and I thought about it. I was like, okay, if you go back, the way people talk, and it, and it was funny because it was also mixed with watch, or listen, watching um, after SummerSlam, it was mixed with hearing somebody talk about um, on Voice of Wrestling, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Lance or if it was uh, Rich, but he talked about how like AJ is no longer great, consistently great. Yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, and I thought to myself like, it's funny when you, when I thought about both of those, and I thought, huh. So like AJ was wrestler of the year, and probably like the last wrestler year we we're going to see for a long time uh, that come out of WWE from the, the winner wrestler of the year, right? And also yep. most outstanding wrestler. That was 2016. Think of how awesome he was, and think of like the level it takes now to be. And think of like what 2016 AJ Styles will be like in the rank of the best wrestler in the world in 2019 now. Yeah, he would he be, be top he, five? No, he be he be top ten definitely, but would he be top five? No, he wouldn't and be top so, five. So, that, so that's my point of how crazy this fucking thing has gotten in the span of literally from what in, in less than four years is where this thing has gotten now. Um, and and you know. So that's that's kind of that's kind of what it is now, and there's no and there's no knock against anybody, but like the standard, like AJ Styles, Naito, Tanahashi, and to an extent, um, yeah, he, he's ad- he's a, he's adapted, but he's also got to work with some of these guys, and, and he takes so much punishment that he's able to make it work. But uh, the two people that I thought of was Naito, Tanahashi, and, and also with his body breaking out, and AJ. As far as like when it talk comes to the game has changed. Like they're almost they were almost like the thunder, like before the words came around and, and like LeBron started playing power forward. Where like space space, all the three point shooting was like we were built to be dom- like these people were built to be and made to be in this era and they were meant to be dominant based on a certain standard that has now completely been changed and eradicated and like they were and you had no idea of, of how this that this was gonna come. And like that's kinda where those guys are. Like I don't want to say Nigel got left behind because at his best, he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world, but that consistent, you know, that's not there in that kind of way. And the same thing for AJ and, and, and you know, and Tanahashi, like he, he can, like he can only work his style and make it adapt to whatever else. He's, he's, a, he's a genius, but like he can't, he can't go like how he was back because of the injuries. And even if he was healthier, like he could only get to a certain level anyway. Yeah. It was still he would still be top five, but he wouldn't be you know I don't think he'd be able to be like the best wrestler in the world like he was for for so long. The game Earlier got switched on some ludicrous shit. Like yeah. that's that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what we always say here. But yeah, like I, I you know y'all gotta let the pipe dream go, man, and, and, <laughs> and y'all will be better for it. I promise you, y- y'all will be better if y'all let it go. Embrace what happens next. Like em- embrace what happens with Naito at the dome and, and, and the journey. Embrace him being who he is. Uh, with that title and what he does, like whether he's the champion or not, that doesn't really change that much for you because look how much you've loved him already. Like, do 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 you love him any less that he didn't win? No. This is what I'll say as a person that that watched somebody uh, become the champion after a chase for, for that was forever. If Johnny Gargano had never won the NXT title, I I. I my my thoughts of the, of the product would have been a lot lesser, so I can understand people's frustration. The problem is with Naito is Naito's already been the fucking top champion before. It's like this was just to be like the top the top champion as the the babyface supposed to the dude that's like shitting on everybody on a revenge path because of how he was rejected by the crowd. So yeah. 
it, it's a little different, buddy. But like, uh, hey. I can under, I can under, I can sympathize. I can definitely sympathize. Hey, don't get rejected. You know, don't let it go to a vote next time. You know, you know. <laughs> look, man. Look, we look. Gato is Gato is gonna definitely be at least is gonna probably win another uh, Booker of the Year. Oh yeah, right? he locked that shit up. But, but. I think he, he made the right call. Also, no, no, no. But Gato also sent Naito out there to be uh the go out there and be like the John Cena. I'm sorry, uh, the the Tanahashi two in the way that like. For a while, they were trying to push uh, Roman to be the John Cena too. So, like, there was some at fault that play that wasn't exactly like all Naito's fault for why like he got hit in the first place. So, you, you got to admit that one, right? Yeah, I would say that. I, okay. I would say so right. on that. Like, this ain't all on Naito. Like, they, they yeah. fought off with him, from, you know, in two thousand. But but in, that two thousand. Uh, that's five years ago. Nothing. That's five years ago. More than that, like like yeah, that was like twenty thirteen's G one. Yeah. They but, missed, look, they missed the window on them, and that's fine. Yeah. Because, like, and, and things change. It's fine. It's and, fine. And, and the decision that was made in 2019, it was not the wrong decision. Like, it, like it's... I'm, I, I, I'm, right, right, right. Yeah. And right. I'm just saying, like, people... Look, you, not everybody can be champion. I thought he was somebody that should have been champion. It didn't happen because they had other plans. It'd be like that sometimes. They have a legitimate gripe. I feel bad for the gripe, but, like... Their gripe has now been passed, and he's not even holding up to the standard he used to be. He missed the window, and, you know, you want to harp on it? Fine, but, like, you missed the window. It's like that. I mean, you know, he could always just start being better than Tomohiro Ishii, but, you know. Um, <laughs> he could just start, I mean, like, look, man, hop on the shingle train. Yeah, that, right? that that's, that's what they better do. The new yeah. leader of LIJ, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, uh, Shingo Takagi. Let's talk about this gentleman. My God, <laughs> this man is not for play. This man nah. is a real man, uh, as I've always described him. He's a tank. He is a any style. He's he's gonna be eventually. Whenever Ishii slows down, he's gonna take over for Ishii and possibly do it on a level higher. Uh, probably I, as a guy that yeah, as a guy that like no matter what he does, he's gonna have his match. He's always gonna it's always gonna be one of the best matches, if not the best match that night. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. You can see that. You can already see that now. Um, yeah, I uh, it, it, and I'm and I'm gonna stand with the test. Like, okay, like who does like Goto always normally have like good matches with? Like the best with the best in the company, right? It, right. Well, what he do with Shingo? What he do yeah. with Shingo on the last night of the B Block? Like he went out there and tore the fucking house down. So they had the best match of that of that card. So yeah, uh, it's just it, it's funny because we don't really talk about it, but like. The way he's explosive and sudden, I think the suddenness also like uh, definitely helps. Is like all of a sudden it feels like he shot out of a cannon after like he goes from zero to sixty so quick, and like it's just it's so fun to watch. And like he's not doing nothing complicated. It's very much similar when you talk about the uh, Ichi stuff. It's like it's very straightforward. Like I'm going to hit you with whatever I can hit you with, and then like I have my a few moves that I do. Like you know how Ichi has. Um, <clears throat> the brain busters and, and you know the, and the clotheslines or whatever else, but like same Net thing. Chops. Like I hit you with a bunch of clotheslines. Hit you with a, with some with some ja with some like shocking jabs out of nowhere. I don't use my head in the way that the Ishii does, but like yeah, like it's kind of similar. Except I'm a better athlete because I'm younger. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can't say enough about him. And I think uh, Okada had a great tournament. Uh, yep. You know he jumped out to the to the big five and zero lead. Um. And 
you know, he was a main event every night, essentially. And <laughs> like, like, what more do you want from from a dude like that? Like, it was eerily similar to uh, to Kenny's B block last year, I think. Hmm. I never really thought of it in that terms, but I think that Kenny's was better. But, but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, you're almost, you're almost like, you're almost numb to his greatness. I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we, I, I think it's time uh, to talk about these hoes. Uh, yeah, that, that unlinked up. Let, we might as well stop fucking around with it. Uh, Noah Trash Kenta <laughs> has, you know, shown his true fuck nigga colors, and oh this man has linked up with the scum of the underworld yeah. in the Bullet Club. Yeah, and he turned on my dog Tomohiro Ishii. I yes. don't appreciate it. In the middle of the match. In the middle of the match, like you're Ric Flair. Yeah. I don't appreciate it, Kenta. At all. I was I was I was content on letting you do your thing in the A block. Some people was getting on you. I was gonna leave it alone. Right. I didn't get I, I didn't get the I didn't get the people getting on Kenta or Moxley throughout this whole tournament. I, I like I got it to an extent of like they're eating people up, but it's like that's how you get people over, especially when they like they that was how they were to impress early on, and then they gave all the wins back in the back half of the, of the tournament. Yeah. Um, and, and Hiroshi Tanahashi knew not to trust his ass. That's why he wouldn't shake his hand. None of that. Yeah. So, we got a great angle today. No, here's the thing, right? If he had just turned on Ishii and gave him the the, the go to sleep, just in itself, that would have been a great angle, right? Cause you're like, oh my god, Ishii, Kenta, they're gonna have a match. It's gonna, they're gonna kill each other. It's gonna be awesome. They're gonna yeah. piss at each other, and like that'd be an awesome, uh, Rust Kingdom match, right? Can't wait for that. But no. Yeah. <laughs> they went over the top. They did some shit they might not be able to do. <laughs> Cause like everything I'm hearing is Shibata's not wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, he, uh, from what I remember, like uh, after he lays out some. Some of the Abby lays out uh, Ishii with the go to sleep. Um, Tama gets the pin on on Ishii. They tease like they're about to give each other the uh, the two. They're about to two split each other. Uh, they whoop on some of the LA Dojo guys. The rest of the Bullet Club guys whoop on the LA Dojo guys that are young boys that are on the ringside. Then out comes Kashiori Shibata, bro, who, he, like, he came who's still out, in his fucking shape. Bro, he came out there like this. I will not have like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not tolerate this. So like you were like you just look motherfucker after I got you in here you not gonna embarrass me from all these all this goddamn company all these people so you know you know they still kind of mad at me for leaving that yeah yeah it took them to what 2017 to finally like embrace them again yeah so yeah I I put my damn neck out here for your dumb ass yes so he goes out there and he and it was a house of fire it was like you know what it was like you remember when Hogan. First, put the red and black, or sorry, uh, the red and yellow on after like being in NWO for so long, like '99. Yes. You remember how like how like that almost like, re- like it revitalized them for a short amount of time because they realized like until the match started to happen again. But like there were nitros where they were doing these tags to protect Hogan because Hogan couldn't go like in the way he, he he used to before. But like they had Steiner in there, and Steiner was selling for his, his Scott, not Scott Steiner, but Rick Steiner. Rick. Rick Steiner was selling, was selling like it was fucking 85 for Hogan. Like, he was a house of fire. <laughs> like, 
Kenta sold, Kenta and um and the Tongan sold like bro, <laughs> bro. Like, bro. ridiculous. Wait, Kenta would lay them paws on them boys. They would go flying like and and you think it was whirlwind underneath them like yes. <laughs> like yes. a gust it, of like, lightning would have shot like, out of their ass like. Right. Right, it was like when did Shibata turn into a goddamn superhero? When did this man get? When did this man get the strength of Spider-Man? When did yes. this happen? Yes, yes, they are. Um, like these are clearly from a person that can lift up a car. Yes, it, it was Tamatonga in particular. Like it was, it was like a level under that comical Shawn Michaels selling, but it still looked realistic, kind of. Yes. But but he, he was yes. flying. He, yes, he hit the deck, got up, and then spun and spun out back to the deck. Right. Yes. Yes, he yeah. did. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, so he has him in the corner. He, uh, Shibata hits the delay, uh, 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 drop kick into the corner. Where he, he fucking yeets. He fucking yeets. Yes, like? yes. Puts him, puts him in the signature in the vintage Shibata uh, sleeper. He goes hit the, re- goes hit the rolls for the uh, PK. As hits the rolls, job that fuck nigga Jado with a kendo stick cracks him. Uh, and and not and Shibata didn't fall. He turned around and was like, fuck's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> he, turns, he, turns, he turns around. He turns around and like, do we have a problem here, Shadow? Yeah, I, I didn't know. That gave him enough time. That gave kids enough time to put the sleeper on him. And, he, and then Kid hits the rose, hits his own PK. And then, and then, the rest of the, rest of the Bullet Club gets to the ring. They, they lay, uh, Shabbat laid out. This motherfucker Kenta sits on Shibata's chest, and then put and then sits in uh, Indian style in the, in the class Shibata pose on top of this man's chest. The Ultimate most, disrespect! Most, oh, Sasha Banks! Sasha, she back? Yes. Pause it. Pause it. All right, we are back. Um, so Sasha Banks returned to WWE just now. We took a small break. Uh, we were talking about the Tongans. Uh, you know, beating down or beating down Shibata and that angle like that. Um, were there any yeah. final thoughts on the G1, James, before? Because we got a lot to get to with <laughs> uh, before we can jump into this Sasha stuff real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a great it was a great tournament. This is most of the tournament I've ever, I've ever of any tournament particular that I've watched. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I would like I would like to know, like, you know, whenever you get around to watching more of it, like, what your overall thoughts of it compared to last year's was. But, yeah. Yeah. But just from just from uh, but for me just, and I, I probably have to talk to Jeremy Josh about this. But like just from my understanding of it, it seems like it may have not peaked, it, or it may have caught, it may have been slightly below as far as like the top matches uh, in general quality. But like the bottom, the bottom barrel of the of the, of the floor was so much higher than last year with all the Jay White and Tongue and bullshit. So. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's you know relatively is is as good of a watch as last year. The boss has returned. She showed up in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And shook the game, shook the world up. Uh, <laughs> like Muhammad Ali after he knocked out Sonny Liston. Uh, she went ahead and, you know, came out. Mammoth reception. Um, she, you know, stopped and, you know, gave up, you know, her, her gear to uh, her fans in the front row. Everyone was happy to see her. Uh, I'm sure there are some corny sounding motherfuckers around the world hating and Corey Graves is embodying all of you bums suckers lames uh any anything you want to throw uh on that but out of nowhere she turned heel on on Natalia 
Yeah, their like, ass. Yeah, basically, like Natalia was in there saying, explaining to her that, like, yeah, she dislocated her elbow in the match in the submission match at SummerSlam against uh, Becky. And I'm, I, I, you know, I had to get, I had it on mute because I'm doing a podcast, and all of a sudden Sasha comes out, and then you know I was like, hey man, we got to stop this. But I need to see what, what they're about to do. So sure enough, Sasha comes out and she's like consoling. Uh, Natty, and then you can see her mouth the words. She points up in the sky and says, "He'd be proud of you." Talking about obviously uh, Jimmy Ever Nyhart, and then she walks like she's about to head to get a mic and talk, and then she turns around, and just cocks, uh, cocks uh, Natalia in the face, and then she pulls off. She she had a wig on. She pulls off the wig, revealing that her hair is now dyed blue, meaning is indicating that her her hair turn or her hair color matches her mood. So she is now a heel because she's changed the hair color. She beats the piss out of. Uh, Natalia runs her in the bad elbow into the st- into the still steps. Becky comes in and they start fighting. And then um, uh, after Sasha was about to get a chair to work over uh, Natalia, uh, they fight. Uh, Sasha gets a better end of it outside the ring, and then she ends up uh, grabbing the chair and starts beating the hell out of Becky with it. And now you have your top women's feud that we've been dying for uh, since WrestleMania 35 is figuring out what was next for Becky. Now that uh, she's not a top or one of the top stars, and she just and it's uh, and it Ronda. So that's what we have now. Um, so so you, know, you mean I guess, you know? So you mean Becky doesn't have to teach on the job anymore? Uh, no. So no, you mean no, Becky doesn't. doesn't have to wrestle somebody that no one believes in? No, no, not anymore. Not not right now for the time being. Maybe on TV, but not in the uh, not doing these t- these pay per views now. No. Gotcha. And, and we turned Sasha Banks heel on it's August twelfth. What year is this? 2019. 2019. Yes. I'm glad Sasha is back. Uh, in the last like month or so, conversations I've had with folks, I've maintained that whether WWE is the place she wants to be or not, she needs to come back and start running her dates off so she can get that flexibility. <laughs> you need to get to free agency to be able to make that decision. Uh, am I rooting for Sasha Banks to leave? Hell yes, I'm rooting for her to leave. Like one heel turn isn't like like it's a um it's a lot further than they've gone with her in the past, right? Because now she's finally in her correct role. But they're still gonna have to prove it to me with her. Right. Like, right. like they're still gonna have to do all that stuff and I'm rooting for her to leave and y'all know exactly where I'm rooting for her to end up because I have a feeling they'll get it right with her. But um happy to see Sasha back, happy to see you know, things have been, you know, squashed or whatever. And hopefully they can keep their word to her this time, you know, and if they don't, the days are, are uh, coming off the clock. So, um, I guess we should get into NXT takeover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So NXT takeover, uh, it was also in Toronto. We had five matches on the show. Um, there was a lot of like, you know, stuff coming out of this takeover that was kind of weird with like, you know, the discourse around it. Of course, we touched uh, last week on the midweek show just around the overall vibe of NXT right now. And um, I don't know if some of that seeped into how people received the show on a Saturday. But uh, what do you think about it, uh, James? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, there's a general feel around the around the uh, the vibe of NXT, but you know, the show was still the show and it was still a great show, even if the main event was overindulgent, which is, you know, kind of the the one thing consistent or semi-consistent thing that happens with uh, whenever NXT has uh, any type of down mark uh, is, 
you know, their main events are a little bit or, or will go too long. And I mean, that, and that's, that's beyond just it being Johnny. That's war games. That's uh, Cardiff. When, when uh, Pete Dunn and, and coffee went, you know, when it just like went over a cliff. Right. So yeah, yeah it's, um, that's, that's, that's their trait. Whenever they get themselves in trouble is their main events go way too long because it's triple H's promotion. <laughs> right yeah. so so yeah i don't know is he like encouraging these people like hey man you need to you go, go you have the ultimate green light to go match whatever in the world you think you need to match like do you think that's going on i i don't think it's that as much as it is like look i look i'm a person that should be only going like no longer than 12 minutes at wrestlemania and i went out there and i wrestled longer than anybody else in year 20 something so it's my it's my uh, third brand promotion slash uh, developmental system. I'm, my main events are going down. We're going to reflect the 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 same the same like weaknesses. I, it reflects him, right? Like he was always a person that you thought that you, you kind of thought is his his idea for people in the business. Like Sean, you know, Sean helped him so much throughout his career. He always held Sean in great great esteem. He don't give a damn about size in that kind of way uh, for his promotion. That makes so that makes sense that like smaller guys can win belts and be stars in his his uh his developmental program. And also, you look at the way he used to always him and Sean would always go over on time at times. And whether for good or for for better or for worse, for most time for a lot of times for better with Sean, for a lot of times for Triple H for worse because Triple H wasn't at that level. So that 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 you know is. Em, or symbolic of or not symbolic but that is like emblematic of what you have when these sort of things kind of go left and we're ultimately it's kind of same thing with uh last year's uh last year's last two matches with Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano was like ultimately or even also war games ultimately we're talking about matches going too long but in the day these are four and a half star level matches so it's not like that you didn't get a great match it's just it, they you they went past the peak and that's a weakness, but you can't say it wasn't a great show. Like we were, um, you know, just off top, like it's, it's one of just like looking through it. Like it's one of the five to eight best takeovers of all time. And as we say, every single time it's takeover takeover is the best, uh, is the best North American uh, pay-per-view series of all time. And this is, it's in the top five and we've had 27 of these well, or 27 of these takeover specials. So there you go. Yeah. Um, so just going through it real quick, I guess we can start the main event. Uh, Cole and Gargano three. Um, these guys had a three stages of hell match, essentially. Uh, More or less. Yeah. Um, you had that first fall classic singles match as they, they kept terming it over and over again. Um, <laughs> they had the second fall, which was the street fight. And- no, wait. The funniest part about that fall is. Like the wrestling in the first, because I think it went like uh, it went like eighteen minutes or twenty minutes, something like that. But like the wrestling from start to finish throughout that first fall was better than any of uh, than the first fall in New York, and it was better than the first what eighteen minutes of the of the uh, of the Rus- of the uh, Takeover twenty five match. So it's like that's where we were headed. Like yo, this thing, you know, you watch the first half of it, and you knew where where it was going to you know, about where it was going to head to as far as where it could reach at its peak. You're like, yo, this could be like, they might fuck around and get themselves six stars. It, it didn't end up that way, but like, that's the kind of like pace they set themselves out to out for. 
Yeah, um, the third match, they literally had a Fire Pro Wrestling World um, cage death match well, well, with you weapons. Skipped, you skipped the second fall. You skipped the second No, fall. they had the street fight uh, on the second yeah. fall, and then they had yeah. the Fire Pro cage death match with weapons. Uh, yeah. And the third fall, <laughs> it was so much. And I'm a person that just loves yeah. so much. Like, I, you know, I love the Young Bucks matches. I've, it's, you know, that's, that's my thing. Uh, you know, I and even I thought they were kicking out of some absurd shit in the uh, third fall when Cole gave Gargano that it was like a backstabber with the kendo stick over his face. I was like, bro, that would put someone out for six months in the fucking territory days. Like, and, and they and Bill Watts would be scamming fans into sending money um to to, to junkyard dog if this happened. The one that the one day that, that I was just like, wait, what? They're kicking out of that now is when like, well, first off, it was two things. It was twofold. It was when when Adam Cole kicked out of the top rope super Canadian destroyer, yes. where he actually landed, where he actually landed on his fucking head, yes, because Johnny couldn't protect him. And I was like, okay, one, I can't believe they kicked out of that, and two. I can't believe that Adam Cole can move can move his arms and, and feet, let alone be able to kick out of anything. That I, that look, Johnny was trying to decide the finish. <laughs> he was going into business for himself. Yeah, like, like you can't win if you can't walk. You know exactly. Um, and then the other one, it was like a tw- it was like a spinning DDT on the top of the chair, like where it was just oh. like. Yes, yes. Yo, yeah. they're at another level right now. Yeah, that total, total, that was a, uh, if there was, that was a botch. Like, obviously he was supposed to go through the seats of it, but like Johnny missed, so he brained himself. Uh, so Adam Cole ended up braining his forehead on the, uh, the, the top rim of the lip of the chair. So like, you know, we thought, oh my God, he might have got busted over. He didn't, he ended up having a big ass whoop all across his forehead. But like, yeah, yeah. it was, it, you know, that. Yeah, they, they they went there. They really did go there. Like it was blood and guts, as much blood and guts as you could possibly have without blood and guts. Because they go, they fly. The finishes they fall off the top of the cage. Both of them through through a table on the floor, bro. They, not on the floor, but on the uh, on the mat. It's like they looked at each other and then they was like, "Let's both hop to the left," or "Let's both hop to the right." And yeah. it was just like I don't know. Like I loved the match, and then there was stuff I just detested about the match. I think Johnny Gargano was a dumbass in the first fall, and. That's yeah, why. People, people that's why he lost that. the match essentially heard, in the end. Yeah, I've heard people complain about that, but like this, the the thing for me is like, okay, so he clearly the thing with Johnny, you look at it all the time. Every time he ever loses a big match, the boy is for, dumb. Except for um, except for the match against in New Orleans. Except for New Orleans, like since this Tommaso track, uh, as this Tommaso thing started. Every time he's lost a big match, it's been because he's he's gotten he's a fucking hothead. And he blows a stack. So, <laughs> what's it happen? And he ends up he ends up cost himself. Like right, like he ends up losing twice to this fucking guy uh, because he's handcuffed and he's uh, no DQ matches both times because he's too fucking angry. He, he's not to control his own emotions. Right? Uh, he lost to Velveteen. He lost to the uh, the North American title to Velveteen for because he got too fucking mad. Right? Uh, a match right after. Um, another match he lost to Velveteen uh, on TV at the end of last year. He lost because because <laughs> because Velveteen had the audacity to call him Johnny Failure, and he blew a stack, and then he hit that man with the with that DVD and pinned him. 
So, like, that's that's the story track for him. So, Johnny gets kicked in the dick when the ref not looking. He comes to, he gets up, he's like, fuck this guy. Like, he gets kicked me in the dick, I'll take the, I, I you know, I'll take the DQ. Like, I saw it as that. So, like, I saw that, then it's like, this isn't an Iron Man match. Like, I agree. like uh, yeah, it it was just off for me from there. Like, I th- I, would, like, I, I was ready for, I was ready for these boys to like go nuts after that first fall. And then when it ended it like that, I was like, Oh God. Like, it, like it's like, I'm like, man, I, I wanted it to be more than it was. And then like when they did that, I, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't have done that. I yeah. agree. I wouldn't have done that. I would have, I would have honestly, if it were me, given that like most of the crowd is into, into Adam Cole, I would have had both of them win their, uh, the match that they stipulate they wanted. So I would have had, jo- I would have had Johnny be Adam Cole in the classic first fall. I would have had uh, Adam Cole win the street fight. And then I would have decided in the third fall. Uh, and, but they, that's not how they want to do it. So Cole, but it was still, I mean, look, it could have been, look, we're, we're, we're talking about, it could have been better than, four, than the four and a half star match we got. Yeah. Uh, That's standard that those two have set. Cole retains. Uh, my my favorite match in the series is the second one. Uh, no question. Um, they, I agree. The two out of three falls matches, it's it's crazy how they kind of set this up. Um, but yeah, you know. If you ask me, I th- for me, for my personal taste, I think the second ma- second match is the best one. If we go back, I think if we go back in time and have people watch the matches or whatever else, and that are wrestling fans, I think the match I would send them would be number one of, or if I like, because that was a masterpiece of booking and also the wrestling because like they get that crowd from being we were in that building was it seventy five percent Cole like you remember how I said um Austin was like the most over person in my like I had ever seen in person I uh-huh. totally forgot about Adam Cole because he was on that <laughs> same level. So my point is like to start from that match where everybody is pro Johnny into, but to get the finish throughout that third uh, by the by getting that through that third fall um, in New York to New York to like the crowd is losing his mind, rooting, living and dying for Johnny. Like that was just that was just incredible storytelling that's on par with the shit we were just talking about uh, earlier with the Bullet Club uh, and what they did uh, throughout that uh, that last G one uh, show. So yeah, like um, it's. It's gonna. It's definitely one of all time. It's gonna win feet of the year. Like absolutely for WWE, it's definitely winning feet of the year. There's nothing's even gonna come close to it. But but yeah, like it's and it's definitely gonna end up winning a, a shit ton of. It should place for uh, feet of the year for um, for the Observer. But yeah, like that's where it is. On our awards, it's definitely gonna win unless we start adding uh, New Japan to it. Yeah, we got to figure something out because all the shit we watched this year and yeah. all the shit we don't watch this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not gonna be on the own fucking feud of the year for uh for, for W to, uh, for uh for Observer. It damn sure ain't gonna be like any of this shit that's going on right now. Like, what what would the best feud in WWE be? What right uh, this year so far would be what? Kobe, May Ross, Co- Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, I guess. But yeah, I, and yeah. I mean, you you could say that. You can honestly say that. And then after that, or, or, or uh, let's see. Um, I mean, you can honestly at this point because only if it was only wrestling, or if it was only wrestling, it'd be Ray and Andrade. <laughs> but you know, it, it, they they haven't had a few. Yeah, They're just having wrestling matches. Yeah, random a random series of bouts. They have no like no, no connection meaning, to each at other. At least not yet. All TV matches. Want, I just I just want them to do I just want them to do one match on pay per view so I can make that a feud because it, right now it would be it would be like top two or three from the company this year or for um, main roster. 
So we had Shayna Baszler uh, defend against Mia Yim, and this match was a match. Yeah. It just didn't click. Um, the match that they had earlier in the year, I don't Much think it was better. I think it was a lot better. I still think it would have struggled to translate to the takeover stage, especially, you know, with Shayna's matches always tend to stick out as the weak ones, uh, you know, sandwiched around everything in the show. Is she. Is she the is she like now like the female uh Finn Balor? <laughs> Where she never has like the best match. Where like remember like your Finn Finn Balor when he was in when he was in the title picture in NXT, he never had the best match um on, on a takeover. And then now Shayna is has been his long running champ on NXT and she never she never even comes close. And the close she got was really like Brooklyn three um yeah like brooklyn three and and yeah that's from i can really think of that even got close i mean maybe you want to say the uh the nah i can't even say that because the four the four way was on the fucking uh new york show so i can't even say that yeah so yeah like her closest shots were like the two shots she had with uh war games in brooklyn three with um i'm sorry brooklyn yeah brooklyn four with uh Kyrie with Kyrie both times that's close she ever came and, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Y'all know what it is with Shayna Baszler. She, she shouldn't be here. And yeah, like she should have been moved on and she should be, she should be, she should be like Pat making Bailey pass out right now. Yeah. And Mia Yim was a relatively weak challenger yeah. and the NXT women's division does have two new shots, um, in it as far as like, you know, Candice LeRae, uh, and now heel Io Shirai. So um, there, there, there's stuff to feel good about going into it, but that belt's got to get off Shayna at some point. So we'll get to EO and Candice in a minute. But before that, um, the, what the hell was the other match? The the third match on the show. North, uh, the third match? Oh, uh, the North, North American. American. Okay. North yeah. American. So they had a triple threat match. It was Pete Dunn, Roger Strong, the Velveteen Dream. Uh, Velveteen came out there with the Mounties music. The Mountie always gets his man. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. He just stuck to the regular red and white. He was supposed to dress up like Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, you know, I don't see any other person to dress up as. Like, you're not gonna dress up as Edge. You're not gonna dress up as Christian. Definitely not. Um, Come on, man. You you said this while you saw me taking a sip of water. I almost spat on my damn laptop. Why would you? Why would you do that to, to Christian like that? And you know damn what. Come on, man. You're terrible. You're terrible. So, you should have came out there and you'll find his pink and black uh, Velveteen. I know, you know, you do the purple thing. Ha, ha, ha. But, um, yeah, man, you had the red on. You might as well have just uh, flipped that to pink and black. So, uh, this was a really good match. Uh, I don't think it got to the highest of levels, but uh, I would have liked – it's strange because I would have liked to see a singles match between – the combination of any of those guys yes. before I saw well, the triple threat. Well, they did do Roddy versus Pete Dunn, uh, not on last week's episode of NXT, but the week before. And this was in the middle of like the sixth hour of them taping. So the crowd was dead, but they were like wrestling their ass off and they were having a, one of these grimy ass matches. And I was wondering like, why is this crowd so fucking dead? I don't get it. Like, and then I found out, oh yeah, I think I found out this weekend, like, oh yeah, that was hour six. I was like, no wonder, like no wonder this crowd, no wonder like the crowd hasn't been into this shit the way that like it normally historically has been because six hours, I don't give a damn what you put on for six hours. Like, you know, like unless, unless it's like a Russell kingdom, I don't know what you, what you're supposed to put on an hour six to keep people interested. 
Yeah. Especially when you were out there running out a bunch of no, a bunch of no namers, you know, people there are people that people are unfamiliar with, um, in the you know that breakout tournament, like they were asking for trouble. Yeah. Um. Good match, you know. So. Uh, very, very, very good match. Like I gave it, I, I had it, you know, it was, it was in the realm of like generally all the multi man takeover matches, which like it's, it was touching, it was close to four and a half, but I, I think it's probably four and a quarter to be safe. Yeah. Um, but one match that was not four and a quarter that <laughs> we got Io Shirai, new music and all, new outfit, new look on our face, new everything. Um, new new hair, like is matching is matching the uh, you know you know what Io Shirai stands for? No. In Japanese, it's it's purple thunder. So like her hair is now purple. It's like hmm, interesting. It's like a dark maroonish purple. Like that's interesting. So yeah, man. Like you know, I. I during his stardom stuff, whatever else, one of the things, one of the main draws for it was, you know, Kyrie being or coming up on NXT, and then like hearing there were three people in particular that were just excellent, um, between Mayu, Iwatani, and Kyrie and Io, and they were all in that group um, called Freedom. And like you know, we talk about, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you know how people talk about, you know, WWE over pushing factions or groups or, or one person. Well. Rich, now that you watched Stardom, I'm gonna give you an example of how over how quote unquote over pushed Rossi was with them after in the aftermath of uh, a bunch of people leaving because of the uh, the shoot thing that happened in 2015. They they made a group out of Mayu, Io, and Kyrie. And Kyrie at one for at least a month at one point, it's probably like June of 2015. Kyrie was the red belt champion, Io was the white belt champion, Mayu was the was the high speed champion, uh Thunder Rock, which is the tag team between uh Io and Mayu, they were the tag champs, and they were on a three four hundred day reign, and they were also and also Kyrie, Io, and Mayu were the were the trio champs. They were the artists of Stardom champions. All the belts, put, all the belts. Yes. So we talk about uh, Utami, how you know when we first started watching, how she had all those belts. Yeah, all three of them were just 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 suited, just leathered up, just so, dragging them. Yes. So anyway, in my process of watching all this stuff, you know, mostly as the gateway being Kyrie coming across EO here and, and Mayu and hearing those names, and EO came through. I just knew I've watched a couple matches, thought like this one is incredible. But you know, May Young Classic happened, and you know, bad circumstances like she squashed impressively. She squashed uh, Zaya Brookside. Um, she had the, the second match against Zooksies, who was the worst May Young Classic form we've ever had over the last two years. Um, and then you know she has solid matches with uh with uh in the in the in the semifinal against um Deanna against Perazzo. Rhea Ripley, uh yeah but also she had a solid match she had a solid match throughout but like she had a she had a very good match with uh, Rhea Ripley that happened at last notice because she's supposed to be facing uh Tegan Knox but Tegan Knox knee went out and then she had that a a, a match that would have been great had it not been so short in, in evolution between her and Tony Storm in the final. So, you know, you, you got teased on some of the stuff. You saw the, you know, the matches, but, like, she never really got, like, the match that she's capable of having. And, and she finally got the right opponent in the amount of time to do it, and there you go. Here's your four and three-quarter level match. So, there you go. Like, so I feel vindicated. Like, I can't wait to where I can, next time I talk to finish shells so I can, so I can like, ream him out for after all the shit he was saying in the man class, irritating the shit out of me. Because I was telling you, like, it's one thing when you know and you just can't, and they don't show it, and you're infuriated because, like, dude, I know I'm not crazy here. Yeah. And that's what you saw. And, like, you know, I've seen the match to know that's not a top 10 EO match. That, that there is a layer of levels beyond this. So, 
Like even at that, like you still got some of the Tamio. Like that woman will that man, that woman will die to have a great match, and we're gonna see it. And it's gonna be excellent right in the next you know year or two. This match fucking ruled. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it kicked all the asses. Um, the, you know, f- from the second EO came out, like when they, they dropped the lights, you saw the Japanese writing. Uh, you saw her name pop up, the new music, and you were like, oh, this is a whole new motherfucker right here. And, yep. you know, Candace came out, and Candace finally got to not be Johnny Gargano's missus. Um, right. And she got to, you know, do her thing. And this is, like, the first, like, real, like, Candice LeRae match that I've really, like, enjoyed and, like, got into like that. You know, I know she had some of the matches in the Mayon Classic, but they were, like, right. shorter and, you know, things right, like right. that. But and yeah. and I didn't and she really had like that. She had one match in particular with um with Shayna at the end of in this uh, sometime in like the fall of last year that was really really good. But you know like Shayna wrestles a certain style and like that style is not what you know she could Candice could do pretty much anything. But like Candice you know Candice is wild too. So yeah. she she was able to go out there and match up with someone that's as crazy as her probably crazier. But my yeah my point like they were able to have the match that they that, that you know they could have and it was great. And I remember them having her do various things on TV, like getting jobbed out to Lacey Evans and yep, shit. Yep, and knocked out with the punch. It was just like, yo, they're like, they're like, oh, y'all, y'all gonna take the chains off? Well, both. Of them. Well, thank y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is nice to see. It is, it is nice to see it's like, like why the fuck, wrestlers that are why the fuck are they in developmental? Right? Isn't it super nice to see like high level female wrestlers that like. Uh, or like don't have the governor on them as far as like they're what they're allowed to do. They're like just like, look, we trust you. We know you can do. Go out there and do it. And they went out there and did it. It was awesome. Yeah. And it wasn't like and they told the story and everything else. It wasn't just like spot porn. Like they went out there and there was escalation in in the drama and like we have a new finishing move out of EO out of it. Like it was it was outstanding. Yep. And then the opener it was uh the Street Profits against the Undisputed Era. Uh, started a little bit slow, but they worked it and worked it and worked it and then got to the level. And, you know, yep. I I love the Street Profits. Uh, I think, like, they're insanely charismatic. I think they uh, are more than just great athletes. Uh, as I've been, you know, just, you know, you hear, you know, the, the code and everything like that. And yeah. I think these guys Dog are – Dog whistling. Yeah, I, I think these guys are like they they're cool, they are youngish, and they're over with whoever. Like and you know, if if you want them to go in there with Undisputed Era, they can. The them going to evolve just did like wonders for them. And I think that they're going to be superstars. Or like as far as like you know when I when I see Angelo Dawkins on the main roster and I, I hear him in the backstage thing talking like he has great timing and delivery and you know he's a big guy and eventually they'll figure out the outfit with him and uh, you know if all things were made equal you know you you got to look at Ford as somebody that's just like one of the most impressive like athletes and wrestlers that wwe will have ever had come through their own like you know from scratch development system yeah yeah like it is um it's just a matter of time and and patience and honestly like i feel like they gotta kind of real pull back the reins on what they're doing with the main roster with them because it's going to like you know they're overexposing them and in you know obviously vince's writing is so wonky um or their writing is so wonky 
um, that like it might get them under uh, for the time being. I mean, right now there's no real, there's really no pressure on them. There's not like a high stakes situation they can fix. There's a lot of whatever you know you might feel about them. Like you can over you can overcome it right now because there's no they're not in the ring doing anything right now. They're mm-hmm. still not. I mean, they're doing they're doing expos they're do, they're doing they're doing performative black exposition of the shows, mm-hmm. but like you know they're but they're not really in the universe like they interact with a few people like and you have of course um d'angelo always hitting on uh nikki Nikki cross but um (laughs) but but outside of that like you know they're still kind of off on their own space and you know i I can't wait to see whenever you know they actually do eventually start wrestling the main roster like how you know how that will affect them in nxt but um or how the nxt crowd sees them but you know, if they're kind of where they are for the time being for now, you know, for the next, you know, all the way through the next takeover cycle to uh, to war games or whatever the hell they're doing at Survivor Series. Um, I think I think, you know, they kind of vanquished the, you know, the aces of the tag division. So now it's um it's kind of their it's kind of their time. And I wonder who they're going to wrestle next. They've already beaten up on. um uh, the Forgotten Sons. It's funny. I always forget the Forgotten Sons. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what's next for them now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, awesome show. Uh, we had a yep. good time uh, watching it and everything like that. So, uh, and then you know we got SummerSlam to talk Oh yeah, about we haven't talked about SummerSlam. That's crazy. Yeah. So oh, by, by the way, just a heads up. So the main event with uh with AJ and Seth. It was obviously Smalls. They they ran in and beat the hell out of Seth. So then uh, Ricochet ran out to try to make the save. They couldn't out. They couldn't uh, um, overcome the numbers advantage. Strowman comes out, clears house. He come, he he uh, he makes a save for all of them. He rolls out the ring and gets to the score uh, table, grabs the belt, and then rolls back in the ring and hands it to to Seth. And they shake hands. And then uh, Seth is looking at him like, "Fuck, I hope he doesn't want the belt." And that's how they went off air. So like, so look, good, good setup. It's like, yeah, Seth, Seth don't, Seth don't want no what I was showing. No but smoke. Like that, but clearly that's where they're headed. So good, good on them. Yeah, man. So um, yeah, SummerSlam uh, also in Toronto, Canada. They had ten matches on the show. Uh, every, how many it, of them were good? Psh, shit, three, four, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know. They left off Daniel Bryan. They left off um, Roman Reigns. They did all singles matches. 20 people worked, uh, you know, as far as wrestlers, which is insane when you look at the numbers in this company. Um, yeah. I, You know, the everything it, the stuff ranged from, wow, this is pretty cool, to, oh, this is a good match, to this is the most disappointing shit I've ever seen, to... <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, they're doing too much here, but this was pretty awesome. To what in the flying fuck are they booking? In other words, it's a standard WWE pay per view. I mean, I would maybe even say a that little lower. Yeah, I would say like this is one of the worst pay per view. This might be the worst pay per view of the year. Like, I remember Royal Rumble's better. It's like because I mean, the 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 Ronda the Ronda Sasha match and the Oscar Becky match were both were both uh would have been the second best matches on the on this card. Um, the World Rumble was pretty good. Uh, bo- or yeah, the World Rumble was okay. It's World Rumble's World Rumble. Um, Elimination Chamber had the best Elimination Chamber match or Elimination Chamber match of all time. 
So I will put that above what we got at SummerSlam. WrestleMania, like, I, I think WrestleMania had more good matches on it than, than uh, this. Um, Extreme Rules was a better card. Money in the Bank was a better card. Uh, Battleground was a better card except for the last two matches. Oh. So like we got this might be the best this might be the worst pay per view we've gotten this year at the WWE main roster. Yeah, so let's go through it. Um, so we got Becky and Natalia in the opener in the submission match. Uh, you see what happens when uh, Becky stands next to Seth Rollins. She goes from the main event of WrestleMania to the opener of SummerSlam. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so they did a submission match. I, I went three and a half on it. I thought it was. Uh, you know, cool, a couple cool spots. I like the sharpshooter in the top rope uh, that Natty put on. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was a, you know, it was a good match. And, you know, there were some interesting crowd reactions. I th- think WWE thought that Becky would, they would just go straight wacko time and, and totally turn against Becky. But that's not the case. So they kind of just got stuck in the middle between Becky and Natalia because Everyone likes Natalia, and she's a Canadian. And right, but Becky, she's not. But she's not that over. And right. Becky's the most one of the most over people in the roster. So like, they they thought that like you know Canada always or Toronto always gives us shit, or Canada always gives us shit. So you know, we'll play into it. But it didn't play into it as well because Becky was still getting cheered more than um, than Natty. And I, I think you know, there's one situation where like. I like the fact that they were thinking, but they miscalculated. Yeah. And it they, they, yeah, and they just made the wrong uh, judgment. But at least, like, it, they didn't go in there totally blind. And yeah. <laughs> like, another, like, another one, one instance of them, like, thinking about it and actually paying off for later night was, like, the, the, Brett, the Brett backstage thing with Seth. Like, they knew Seth was going to get booed. And then they brought out, and they brought out, Brett to you know put him over for um I you know by encouraging him thing I'm you know kind of rooting for you tonight the kind of similar way that they thought about like this thing might not work at the 2015 one with uh with Roman and we bring out the Rock but like nah it it wasn't it, we weren't that far down the path with with uh with Roman and and Royal Rumble and what happened to Daniel Bryan yet so you know like so right now we're at a point where we're like we don't know if we like this guy but like oh oh Brett's cool with him all right. So like that definitely worked out. Like that was a situation where they thought about it and it didn't work out in their favor. So I give them product. I give them props for that one. Then we had Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler, and I loved Five it. Stars. <laughs> I loved Five stars. it. I made a video. I put it on my Twitter. You guys can all check it out. I was cranked. Uh, y'all know I love Goldberg, especially when he's mowing down chumps. Uh, as he did for much of his career. I don't need Goldberg to be the champion right now. I don't need to see him in main events. But if you want to bring him back every four or five months, you want to bring him back four times a year to fuck some uh, geek up on, on the bottom of the card like this, I'll watch this forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when, okay, so I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Like, I enjoyed the fact that, like, they didn't just go immediately to uh, the spear and the jackhammer, like, Dolph got the near fall, the two near falls in. Uh, quick kick out at one, but still he got. He's like, I, I hit, you, I hit you with something. I'm trying to pin you. Nah, he's a monster. Hit you again. Nah, he's a monster. And then it's a wrap for you. Like I, I enjoyed that. Like it wasn't just that straightforward. Like they gave you a little bit of of doubt. Like that was a hot near fall. People actually like bought that near fall. I didn't for a second, but people did in the crowd. So I was like, that's what's up. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, you know, they did the deal where they kept sending Goldberg back out there to, you know, progressively diminishing returns, but yes, um, anyone can get lucky twice. That line was hilarious. Yes. Uh, Ziggler was saying he was the best thing to happen to pro wrestling, which is amazing and hilarious. He, and he talked so much cash shit before Goldberg came out. Like it was, it was, it was great. Classic, like getting a baby face over like quickly, uh, heat, like, it was almost like, uh, do you remember the Jericho, Dolph Ziggler, one and two at, I think that was World Rumble 2013? Yes. Yeah, it was very similar. Like, yeah, I'll fight any motherfucker back there. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like, care who it yes. is. <laughs> yes, it was like, okay, this dude's getting, I'm getting the heat right now to get this dude over, or get this dude that comes in to want to kick my ass. They'll get the crowd to want, want to see the next person come in and kick my ass, and mission accomplished. Yeah, uh, it was kind of like what they do at house shows, like when mm-hmm. they just have like uh, someone like I don't know, uh, like they'll they'll just have Elias. Like, Let's yeah, say they'll Elias. have Elias get destroyed right by fucking Braun Strowman or whatever, right? You know what's funny? I I, I immediately thought about Braun Strowman because remember when he was whooping that man's ass uh, before WrestleMania season in 2018? Yes, he hit that man with that double base. <laughs> yes. Beat, beat him, beat him the fuck down, and and then like you know, basically what happens is he'll get squashed by Braun, and then it'll be like you know, I want another match, I want another go, and then another baby face will come out and and beat his ass. That's what it felt like, but it was just Goldberg coming out over same, and over. Yes, it was the same superhero every single time. Yes. You know, which kind of made, you know, for fun, fun jokes of, you know, the WWE network, uh, you know, that they were going through some issues. I was like, wow, is the network skipping? Oh, no, it's Goldberg just coming back out again just to wet that ass out. So, um, yeah, up next, a colossal disappointment and everyone involved should be fired and have to donate their salaries to charity. AJ Styles and Ricochet is the most disappointing match in WWE this year. This was a fucking travesty. These people decided that Ricochet, Ricochet, should lay on the mat, get his leg fucked up and worked on, and be beaten and tossed to the side like nothing ever happened. What the fuck is this? This should have been the WWE version of Tanahashi versus Osprey that we just seen hours before that. This was a disgrace. This was an indictment of the WWE style. This is exactly why I didn't give a fuck about this feud, like going into it, because I knew they were going to fuck it up. I said that somebody should be fired if they couldn't get four stars. And I think that seeing this, I don't even know who to blame. Like I, I feel like I can't even blame AJ Styles for this, but he gets caught in the line of fire of another stinker like this. I know Ricochet has plenty. Um, you know, I know Ricochet has plenty left, like in the tank. Like he obviously, you know, it's Ricochet. But like, I think this is one of the all-time gaffes of a great match at SummerSlam. And then once this match was over, I looked at the rest of the card, and I was like, "What is really left that's going to be good?" Right, right. Because we we talked about it before. It's like, look, we think that we're going to get the, the Seth and Lesnar match that they've always could have had, but never gotten to, we got it, but we weren't for sure. And then you look at the rest of the card. It was like, like, what's the more sure. I mean, start off off top. Like what's a more sure bet than Ricochet versus AJ Styles. If you can have a good match with that. Then like, you might as well close up shop. And somehow, um, yeah, like 
they started out with that hot ass move where they do the where he basically is like jumping through rocks in a puddle and into the Hurricane Rana spot, um, um, out from the apron to shoulder to shoulder, then the Hurricane Rana on AJ, and then they finish with that freaking like uh, what the hell was that? Was it like a Phoenix splash that AJ caught in the middle of in, yeah. in midair and then gave it a sauce? This thing was incredible, but it's like you did nothing in between that. That is a that that is a that is like you know and. And this is what I say. It's a body part match. The problem is, we don't want to see we, Ricochet wrestle no, no body part well, match. Well, that's one. But like, let's say like, well, you need to tell a story. Okay. Well, here's this. Good matches we, have stories too. No. no let, let, my, my, let me go through my around my thought process. Like, look, Ricochet's only been around since uh, February, right? Yeah. He hasn't had a match yet that would show you what he's capable of fully. He hasn't had, like, what's the match you need to see to, so you understand, like, all the things that Ricochet can bring to the table um, from an athletic standpoint of being, like, the most spectacular wrestler since possibly Ray Mysterio Jr., right? We haven't we haven't seen that, right? So if you're going to do a match where you take away his body part uh, where he can't do the spectacular stuff, wouldn't it mean more if we've already seen what he can do and then you have to see how he has to overcome when all of this, all the tool bags is basically not at his disposal. Wouldn't that mean more to say that he gutted, this guy can do all of this, but he is now going toe to toe and getting to this point, fighting against AJ Styles, a former two-time uh, world champion without being able to do all the things he can do because his legs fucked up. We got the, you know, the whole idea is he's working underneath and show the heart and get people the sympathy, get behind him. Right. When you have more sympathy for him, you'd be like, Oh my God, like this dude can't even do all the stuff he can do. They didn't even, they, they didn't, they haven't shown you any of that. So you're just watching like, okay, it's a body part match. So like it, I imagine if you're a casual, you're like, yeah, Ricochet's the, the flippy dude, but like what the fuck else can he do? And it was similar to my thought when I was watching the, um, the Tam, I'm sorry, the Arissa in Jungle match where it was like, all right, Jungle has taken away all of, has hurt, hurt their feet over or worked their leg over. And let's see what she can do without uh, without kicking. You know, and Arissa just said, fuck it, I'm just gonna kick regardless. Ne- never mind the first third of that match. And I and for me, that's why I ta- I, I banged on the match at the beginning. But on this, Ricochet went out there and literally did all the stuff off one leg and stuff was failing because his leg was given out on him and he was trying to do all that stuff and he can do all that stuff, but they didn't give enough time, and then like, and then there was run-ins with the club, which is you know obviously their heels. This but, like, is their fourth this chill- match, right? Like you would figure, like, can we get one of these matches where you get a straight-up match, or they cheat and then you throw them out so we can finally see, and or at least in the last third of the match we can see, like after all the cheating they've been doing, like that AJ been doing to keep an advantage that like, you can finally see one to one who's the best between the two. No, which makes me think like you're going to have more matches. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. They're, 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 oh. not, they're not done with this. Oh joy. So they can have their fifth and sixth. And I agree. Seventh I, I, match. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not agree with them on this, but I'm like, you, you know how, you know how they book, you know, it's like, all right, well he still has an out so we can still beat him. because He hasn't keep having an out. It's like, all right, man, well, like if they do that shit on regular TV, I won't see it. So yeah, it's, like, it's, it's really sad when it's like, okay, these are two of the most talented people this country has ever produced as far as uh, pro wrestling. And then like, we saw what they did in short spurts on TV and what they do on short sports on T short, short spurts on TV is better than what they do on pay-per-view. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is this? Like, I understand that you have your network insulated from from trying to get pay per view buys, but like it's you're 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 building all your TV up to set up these shows. Maybe like you should pay this off of like 
the most entertaining shit you can do. Just, you know, just, just a thought. Just infuriating. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just total trash. Like, I yeah. didn't even give this three stars. Like, I, I didn't even get a rating on I was just like, wow, this is, this is pretty much a two-spot match yeah. between these guys. Unbelievable. And every fire everybody. <laughs> Throw them all. Get, get them all in the bin. Yeah, and at this point, we were like, yo, this is, if not for this main event, it would have been dangerous. We were dangerous and close. We were discussing it from being another one of these shows where we have to, where we all put out the hashtag, fire them in. Yeah. Because the women, you can say what you want to about Bailey and, um, and Ember, but like the women's matches on this thing were the second and third best matches on this card. Um, and if not for uh, Seth and, 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 and Lesnar having a match that we always thought they could have. We would have been in that situation. Like, look, man, enough of this shit. Like, bring on Evolution 2. Still bring on Evolution 2, but, like, it would, it would have been more calls for it. Yeah, so Bailey and Ember, they had a match. The crowd kind of, like, was checked out from the Ricochet match. It, like, rolled over into this one. Um, yeah. They tried to, you know, do their thing, but it never Sloppy really got match. going. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sloppy match. Ember's not over. And that's what it is. Like she's not over and you didn't make her into a convincing challenger. You did this baby. You did more of this two baby faces being mean to each other. Shit that I like at this point, seeing what they've done with these AJ and Brian, AJ and Seth, uh, like they should know better than to try to do this or come up with another approach for baby faces, baby face, because you trying to make baby faces dicks, to try to give you an edge and get the tension of the match going doesn't make us want to see them fight. Uh, it makes us think like maybe these people aren't the people that we want to root for. And <laughs> that's what you end up with. Good point. Uh, we've been doing this. We've, we've been at this with, with, for like since 2017 with their baby face, baby face feuds. And they used to be really good at baby face, baby face feuds. Boy. Um, and then we had Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Um, I don't ever Mash. need to see Shane McMahon wrestle. Crowd was into it. They, you yeah. know, were digging their countrymen. Uh, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Owens had like some Toronto Raptors inspired gear. Um, yep. Did you notice the aesthetics over this weekend, James? Uh, the aesthetics. Yeah, the a, a uh, lot all more. the Raptor stuff. Every, yes. Everything is everything is Vince Carter era Raptor shit. Yeah. Like everything is nineties Raptors. Yep. Everybody's in the purple and red. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I noticed the, that the music that that was the music choices, the, the dancing, <laughs> and you know it's, it's it's real funny how that happens, um, uh, especially in NXT. Yeah, um, I think there's more to do with uh, the connection with the Raptors dancers yep. than it actually is with like something that they actually was actual choice. Like, um, but yeah, uh, I, I see what you mean. Um, now, as far as the shame match. I thought, and you, and Rich, you say the same thing when I watch these AEW matches and they and they have these tag matches and they don't explain the rules of the tag match and then yeah, fucking Marco Stunt coming in doing a super run out of nowhere after he was just sitting there as like a manager <laughs> or a valet. Like I, I hate when you bury the fucking refs. Um, you know, like the some of the worst of New Japan stuff is when they bury Red Shoes, Uno, or whoever else, mm-hmm. right? With the with the dumb shit, and they can't like throw you out. They just sit there and tolerate it. And the most they can do is, I'm not counting that pinfall. Fuck out of here. Um, instead of throwing people out, and good good on uh, Red Shoes for throwing out Bullet Club in Ghetto. Um, throwing out all um, them this hoes. morning, yeah, throw all them hoes out. So, uh, but my point is, you don't if. If so, you don't need to bury somebody's stupid uh, intelligence level in the middle of the match, like 
when they were out there with Kevin Owens and two times he almost got counted out because he's too focused on arguing with Elias, a fucking geek on the sideline. And then one thing that, that um I could have swore that they called uh, Elias a, a special guest enforcer, but he came down to the ring with a referee tank top on. So people were confused as to why he's a lot, why uh, Owens is beating the hell out of uh, Elias at different points and not getting DQ'd for. And it's like, right. well, that's because he, because for some reason he was described as one thing to where it would have been cool if he just came out there to be an enforcer, but then he's dressed up as a rev. So it's caused confusion. So ultimately my point is um, Shane still stinks. Uh, he stunk throughout this match. He potatoed and had terrible offense like he normally does. Uh, they made the baby face look like a schmuck in the first third of the match. And then he overcame the odds. I'll, I'll smart all of them. Got got one over huge on Shane. I kicked him in the dick with the ref wasn't paying attention. And then he stunned him and won, which sent the crowd home happy and, and they all popped. Uh, but also ultimately for me, my, my I never gave it a star rating, but I would say not good, but definitely didn't suck. Two and a half. So, yeah, two and a half, two and a quarter, <laughs> two and a quarter, something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I have no, nothing else to say about Shane McMahon in 2019. Look, I mean, look, you Th- can say this, this would right? have been so you much more get, effective if, had the Undertaker not like pinned him a month ago. Yeah, my my thing is this: like, if you are a person that is dead set on booking your son on that sinks at wrestling, uh, onto uh a SummerSlam, then I guess you cut. I guess you have to call it success because Shane sucks, and you got a match that didn't suck, right? Amazing, yeah. I I would say don't book your fucking son on the damn uh, on the damn show. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is like some Eric Watts shit, but whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, then up next. Why do we keep, why do you keep referencing uh, Bill Watts? <laughs> why do you keep doing that? <laughs> it's always fun to talk about Bill Watts and what he does because like he's a notorious tough guy. He's a good booker, million stories, and then you can always tie jokes in with him. Okay. I don't know why the cowboy. Um, I could we could have did we could have did uh we could have did David Flair and Ric Flair from '99. We could have done that too. Ooh. But at least but at least with Ric Flair and David Flair, Rick was on TV saying every promoter in the history of this business has pushed their sons down their fans' throats, and I'm going to do it with my son too, regardless of how good he is. At least they were in on the joke with David Flair. Them, they really out here calling wow. Shane the best in the world for yeah. heat. Yeah. And then he beats Roman Reigns. Yep. Did, did Roman Reigns ever like get a, a victory over Shane McMahon after that? I guess he I guess he did in the tag match at uh, Extreme Rules. The the one where he didn't I make guess. the pin. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Boy. Um. Then we got Charlotte and Trish. Uh, this was better to, than I thought. I thought they both worked hard. Um. And it was it was nice to see Trish uh get out there. She was looking great like normal. And um. You know. It's, it's always been that way since like the year two thousand. So, <laughs> I, I I said some things to you to y'all in the um no I yeah I said some things to y'all in the uh in the message group and I I said like look she was she was some like she was some baby oil some some, some strategic I can't even talk some strategic I can't talk she was some baby oil placements away from being like a hundred percent back. Like the two thousand Trish Stratus, but like outside of that, the match was good. Um, I think, I think it was interesting uh, seeing that, like they use uh, Charlotte's length um, to kind of tell the story of like there's a point where they both tried to go for double kicks, and then uh, towards the end, and Charlotte basically like I'm taller than you, so I win. Uh, it, 
I, I but think like, the, the only thing I didn't like was they made Trish tap out at the end because the fans did mm-hmm. not want that finish. I yeah, would I yeah. would have done a pinfall just to like save her the embarrassment of like quitting and I don't know mm-hmm. like when I was watching it with uh, Jeremy and Josh like we all kind of like thought the same thing like don't do a submission here don't do it mm-hmm. here especially the way that people popped when she put Charlotte in the same submission mm-hmm. I was like oh if they come back with the fucking submission it's gonna suck and then like they she tapped out and I felt like the the air left the building and I don't know mm-hmm. yeah I I, I I see what you mean um I think at the time when we talked about it, I, I thought like, yeah, I agree, but Charlotte doesn't have a finish that doesn't suck. So, or a pin finish that doesn't suck. So, you know, it kind of, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I, I feel like as, as bad as the crowd like left out, like you, you run that risk of how do you build towards a, a natural selection? Like it, it's always like, Oh, so, Oh, like she's about to get hit with a move. And then she, uh, she hits somebody else with you know, a reversal of the move, and then she basically pops up and hits the, hits the you know the seated blockbuster or reverse blockbuster, and it's like okay, like no one, it's only a finish if someone buys because it's Charlotte. Like if you can't get that move to Alexa Bliss, people buy it as a finish. They think oh, it's another cool move. So she needs they need to give her another finish. They really do. Yeah. After that, we had Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, and they had a very slow match. Yep, a very slow match with no finish, and what do you know? Another SmackDown Championship match at SummerSlam that ends on bullshit, like a countout or disqualification, and immediately my mind flashed back to AJ Styles and Samoa Joe when they were having that great match they were having last, last year. year. Yep, last and year. I'm like, these uncreative motherfuckers. Yeah, these Man, my- people. My first thought was, oh, my God, they they just did the family man, like, goes crazy, and so we get a non-finish thing that happened with AJ. Yeah, the same thing. It's like, he looked, you know, the Wendy thing from last year compared to you stared at my kids, how dare you, is like, it's like okay, it's, it's 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 roughly the same thing. I don't know what the exact finish was. Uh, it wasn't a double count. I don't know if it was a double count or a DQ or whatever. Well, I don't else, even but know if they did it, a finish. Yeah, I don't even remember. But they said, like, okay, that that was your way out. So now we're getting another match. It's like, I don't really want to see, at least with Joe and or whatever, like, they were setting up to where, like, that could have been a Hell in a Cell match because how he would have got. But this match, I don't. It was not no, good. It, no. it, it was slow. It was yeah. weak. And, and Kofi, and as I mentioned, they, he needs some strong matches. It's mm-hmm. been a while since WrestleMania uh, when, when we're talking about, you know, what he's submitting match-wise. Now he's holding on yeah. to the belt. He's, you know, holding like, on. He's being people left and right on TV with his move. But, like, you know, Kofi Mania took off and everything. But I think we're not at a point where people are still just like, or realize it. Like, that was, that was a cool moment. But he's still Kofi. And you still treated him a certain – you still uh, kept him at a certain level for, for so long that, like, he's not a new man in just a span of, you know, five months, six months. Or whatever else, and and that's fine. Like, it is what it is. But and I believe they're trying really hard, and, and they're trying a lot better than I ever thought they would have. Uh, so I, I I have nothing really bad to say. But it's like that, you know, that Bro, it is what it is, right? The, the guys, man, it is what it is. They're giving so, them all these guys that are old. Like they're giving them Dolph Ziggler. They're giving them Samoa Joe. They're giving them Randy Orton. And it's like, 
Do you want to? Who do you want to give him to? Like, like you want to give him like Mah- You want to give him Mustafa Ali because Mustafa Ali's not over. Bro, it's like give him Andrade, like heat Andrade up and have him have a great match with him and beat Andrade on pay per view. Right, but Rich, that's the thing. Like you, you say that, but like they never build up challengers the right way. They never do that. They just went. A, they 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 just went a random match with five people, even though they like they were they were winning and losing just the previous few weeks. Right. They had no momentum. Like the last person they built up as a challenger. Uh, they had momentum going into it. Uh, the, the quote unquote right way was Becky going into SummerSlam last year, and look what fucking happened, right? <laughs> but you know, like the thing that happened with Kofi, and it is what it is. But like as far as building new challengers, that's something that takes a month or two, and they they don't invest in that. Yeah, like you would think that say this was a clean finish of Kofi retaining, there would have been someone lower down the card that would have got a win that yeah. could springboard into him but yeah that's like, not how they like, operate how about this you know that you know we just heard that they're going to do king of the ring again how about the king of the ring is a title shot sure why right? not because king of the ring means you beat a bunch of people so you do you went on a win streak you deserve a title shot right you would let's think. see if they do that i will i would love for them to, for, to to make the king of the ring get a title shot i would love them to do that that's what they used to do <laughs> up next we got the fiend <laughs> The Fiend, James. Yeah. It, it cracks me every time the Fiend is like, dude, that ain't, I don't know what Fiends y'all ever been around. That ain't yeah. no Fiend. Yeah. Um, the Fiend, but, Bray Wyatt, took on yeah. Finn Balor, and they had this huge entrance for Wyatt, got yeah. really over with everybody. Yeah. And His music fucking slaps. His yeah. music, like, look, the Triple H influence is there. Like, yeah. it's, oh, it, oh, it is metal, and it sounds great. Triple H must have had a hand in that one. Triple H. You know how we used to do, uh, how Jay Z did the, uh, how he executive produced the soundtrack for 2KU three years back? Yes. I need Triple H to executive produce, like, some of these, like, interests from, for, uh, in the future. I want to see, like, him executive produce, like, WWE 2K, and I want to see what other metal he has to bring to the table. You, you get that man a Spotify playlist or, like, a title <laughs> playlist, Triple H's metal selection. Yes. It'll sound like all the classic shit I used to hear when I, was, uh, I used to do, like, uh, football workouts. Look, I mean... Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Oh, my God. Um... Yeah, so when I was watching the uh, entrance, I was like, oh, man, this is all right. But I was like, oh, shit, it's Bray Wyatt. Uh, eventually, the bell got a ring. Um, yeah. And he, in the I, ring, I th- and, he, he, go ahead. And, and what I thought about it was, like, we'll know when they stop caring about this. Because this is so, so produced. Like, it's such a produced entrance. Like, there's, yeah. like. There's, There's just so many different elements, line, yeah. and it's like cutting the lights out every time. We're like, they're yeah. not gonna do that every week. Eventually, I mean, it, I, and if they were use, if they were using care, he's not somebody you you do do every week anyway, right? So, um, for me, after watching this, it, I thought to myself, if this were another another company that took care with when they have something over or or like the way Vince used to do with something that got over, right? I could see, especially when when, when um Balor Balor's leaving, he wasn't the demon, which I thought was smart. Uh dumb for his character, but but smart as far as like saving it. So like if I were them, like I'd build towards like Bray Wyatt versus Aleister Black and Finn Balor, like to over the uh, like you get two both of those matches at some point at Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or 
WrestleMania, and that's what you build towards with those two because they, they both have like the you know the, the dark element with them. And like I would love for them to do Bray versus Finn at WrestleMania, and then Bray and then the Demon versus the Fiend, and then you finally have it, and you'd be like, look at the story we told. Like that'd be a great story. Like I took him off TV, and I took him off TV, and then we get it back. But, but who knows what they do? But um, I thought that the match, the way that he dominated the match, I, I, the only part I didn't like about it was that I thought he should have been more dominant. Like, Brace or uh, Battle's going off TV. He doesn't need a fucking hope spot. Just beat his ass. Beat his ass, hit your move, get out of there. Yeah, and, fuck him up. You know, he got his flurry offense in and he cut him off and then hit the, the mandible claw for the pin. And I, I'm like, okay, cool. But like, I don't even know if he should have even done that. Like, he's going to be off TV for months, so fuck him. Yeah, uh, Wyatt looked really explosive in the, in the ring and you know, it, it, he's been around for six years, so it was time they did something new. This the is very, yeah, this is very new, and yep. I, you know, I I would encourage folks to let let's see a couple more matches and and make our judgments from there. Like the presentation, I don't think you can call this anything but like a success. Absolutely. Um, but as yep. I mentioned, like it it did feel really produced it, down yeah. to the outro like this man got an outro yeah. like yeah. from how, from how he left and that was like the visual, Whoa. the the, the flashlights in the dark thing is cool where it's almost like a bunch of flashlights on the deer and headlights almost with him um but what i would say is um i wonder what kind of push he's going to get with this i mean cuz remember they had enough, enough patience to hold this off from the night from the night after um SummerSlam's raw um, with the vignettes all the way to his first match at SummerSlam. Like, are they going to have enough patience and uh, and care for him to pr- pr- like pick the right people for him to like beat and like get himself towards certain tests where you can have a big match or two with whoever else and like it still feels fresh without it with and also without like, overexposing it because this is definitely something that if you put on TV every single week they're going to run out, out of ideas because right. like you know like how you know how much super not supernatural but how much like how much meta contextualization can you do with a company that normally only thinks, you know, skin deep. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Uh, if we're me, like I give him, I give him that 2014 Rusev push. Yeah. I, just fuck you know, everybody up. Yep. You kicking every kick everybody's ass until it is time for him to lose a, one person or whatever else, or have one big match. And maybe this time you let him win this time or hell give him the 2013 Bray Wyatt push. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he needs to be, he needs to be like the monster that we set up in the fall for somebody to have a big money match with. And look, there's, there's still, I they only did the Roman thing one time, and that was 2015. They could do that again. They could do. There's a bunch of people they can, they could do this with. Uh, and they, but they need to like position that properly. And they've done. I think they've done the job so far. You just need to follow through. Yeah. And then our main event uh, was Seth Rollins defeating. Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, absolutely clean and a very good match. Uh, Rollins has had a tough summer, to say the least. Um, understatement. And yeah. he he came through here. Um, you know, him and Brock decided, like, yo, they don't have to have this gimmicky match that, that only goes two minutes or anything like that. And it was, like, literally from the opening bell in the first sequence, like, it felt like a different match um, that, you know, folks could actually respect. And mm-hmm. Rollins was the one that finally got the, the big clean win over Brock L- Lesnar. Did you feel it in the moment like 
you think WWE would have intended it to? Um, like the the this is the guy that beat Undertaker streak, and we've been saving this dude right. for years now. That's gone speaking. for me. And so, like, when he wins, it should be this big trans- transformative thing. It should be like, it, <laughs> um, it should be like more Masao beat. <laughs> <laughs> it should feel like that's what you mean yes. no like no it, it didn't feel like it that it didn't but, feel like but, that for me no, no i didn't no it, it wasn't that you know like i don't think it was out here buying on them burning down shirts and making motherfucking change the finish but yeah um i don't even know if it's a rudy i forgot i think it was Rudy he beat i can't remember who it was it was something in all japan uh, you know uh but but yeah like it was um i i thought that i thought that it was a i thought it was the best match that uh that that WWE's had it's one of the best matches of the year in the main roster, absolutely. Um, it's probably third, right? Third, four, no, fourth is fourth. Uh, but but yeah, um, it's not a match that I think will, will work that well on on rewind. But who gives a shit? We live in a moment. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a great thing. Like, um, I don't know what it means for the future with Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar really have many opponents left because he's ran through everybody in the roster and they haven't like created enough stars at the top to feed him to to feed new people to him. Uh, so that's kind of where we are. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice feeling to just see like this dude is this basically our fucking Hogan, our NWO Hogan. Yeah. Um, um, get get put on his ass. It was cool. Um, and it also the one thing is like you can never say like when Brock when they make Brock work Brock is excellent always is they never want is they rarely ever want Brock to work the way that he, he can, um so like you almost have to cherish these fucking matches whenever he does it, um so yeah uh I, I thought that without this match, you know this is one of the this is like a show that we're just like yo people might just want to just be completely off the company right like. Like they had a lot of pressure and they came through because that the card that they was put out before that we just went through was like there was like that was one of those things like if they went out there and had a stinker, he would just been like, like This show ooh. this is the this is not the SummerSlam that I grew up watching. It's not the summer you know, like this is not two thousand fifteen fucking SummerSlam. This is not two thousand fourteen SummerSlam. Absolutely not. You know, it was funny they had Bret Hart there uh for This the, is not two thousand thirteen SummerSlam. For the SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there there were a group of fans that I was noticing that was not pleased about this result. Um, the Roman stands oh, were God. furious. Yeah, they were furious that yeah. um, Roman Reigns never got to beat Brock Lesnar clean. Look, remember we talked about with the uh, with the Naito thing, like. The Naito fans had a legitimate gripe that like this dude never got the belt when he absolutely should have over the la- over the last two years. Same goes for Roman. I don't give a fuck what happens um, in the next you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. Um, I'm still watching wrestling, talking about wrestling. Roman Reigns to absolutely beat uh, beat Brock at WrestleMania 34, and that shit is that's one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen uh, uh, in Major League Pro Wrestling. So. I, I so I can understand why they're still furious over that. Yeah, um, they, they they holding on to this one. Yeah, like. uh, but my but I would say is this right. Um, if y'all celebrated when when Roman had that that fluke ass victory uh, against Brock, yeah, uh, at, at WrestleMania a year at SummerSlam a year ago, where's the energy? And and, and acted and, and acted like it was such a genius stroke of brilliance that that they that they scammed their way off air. Then I don't know why you so mad because Roman got his legit victory, right? 
or Rollins, or yeah, Roman got his quote unquote legit. He got, victory. Yeah, he got his legit victory, right? So if you were if you were cheering because it was you know because and capping about how you know it, it was it was it was smart, it wasn't disingenuous. Da 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 da. All right, well, he beat him clean now, and you you already got your win, Roman. So you, you should be good, right? Look, right? They, 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 you know why? Because deep down they know they know they, they, exactly. they know deep they down know. they know it's bullshit and all that capping they did and now they out here he's smiling they out here like crying behind that damn smile mask yep yeah like like that Seth Rollins got something that Roman Reigns never got with and, and it's the first thing he ever it is the first thing that Roman ever got it's the first thing that Rollins ever got that Roman never got too that's what's really upset him yeah like all all of the all the years of Roman or of you know. Rollins is really more pushed than Roman, all that bullshit. When it's like, all right, well, tell me this: name me all the main events that all the big four main events that uh that that Rollins ever had. Oh, he's on. He just got his first one, I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think this is his first one. I think it's, exactly all that shit is about. Like, all right, well, we'll see. He finally got a one that can't handle it. Boy, even four four WrestleMania main events. Upset. Um, main look, main event of the fucking Survivor Series uh, uh, before. Royal Rumble uh, winners, final Royal fours, Rumble, final yeah, twos, always, final threes. Yes, one of the most one of the most one of the greatest Royal Rumble runs. One of the greatest Royal Rumble runs of all time. And meanwhile, Rollins has exactly one uh, final four finish, and the one was because Roman wasn't in it that year because he had to go fight for life for cancer, and. So I don't want to, like look. I feel your pain, but I only feel that pain of 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 how stupid that was with uh, WrestleMania 34. But as far as like the hate for Rollins outside uh, on behalf of, of Roman, save it. I don't want to hear yeah, that shit. Yeah, I don't. Cut the bullshit. Throw it in the bin. Stop capping. Stop flagging. Stop lacking. Stop coming on the timeline with them tears, with them with them hate tweets, with them disingenuous lies that y'all putting out there. Like, you don't got to rock with Seth no, Rollins. Better yet, Look, you don't got to rock with you, Seth Rollins because you know what he's. I saw? Yeah, what would you see? You know what I saw? I saw, I saw uh, a collection of them banging on the fact that uh, that that Seth uh, doesn't sell leg injuries or, what, or oh, doesn't sell God. doesn't sell injuries when he works through matches. And I was oh, like, motherfucker, I've been saying that for years, you, <laughs> right? Years. I ain't hear none of y'all say that years ago. Now it's a problem. Y'all nitpicking. Stop it. Yeah, stop like, it. You gotta live with this. Colle- collect your fucking self. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like, let it, let that go, man. Like, I, I promise you, let it go. Let God deal with it. <laughs> yeah, like, look, I promise you. Look, I promise you. Come, come WrestleMania season uh, this It'll year. It'll all even out. I, I, I promise you. I promise you, you'll be back on top. So yep. just, just relax. Yep. Like, like, like they, just like, relax they don't your mind. To... Let your conscience be free. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yeah, so Seth Seth got the big win. Uh, yep. Congratulations to him, and he uh, put himself in this position that you know he had. Like as I said, Seth Rollins ain't exactly the dude you want to like ride with, like no, I got, <laughs> at I, all. Yeah, we got we got people that are that are ride for Seth, and they just like look, man. The only reason I'm riding for him because I've already came this far. Yep. <laughs> I just gotta see how this play out. So, yep. so, so yeah. like you know, you know, we we have had a um, pretty much when, like the the fall season. With Seth, the journey to now it's been rocky. He's not been, uh, ASAP. He, 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 like, he's not been, uh, you know, at his best all the time. And 
he kind of backed his way into some of this. I think that element is there. And yeah, the look, I mean, did they build up? Did they build up a guy historically that would have been the person that would have won the Royal Rumble? No. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So like all of this stuff is just like we don't have Roman here. So you, you who we running with? Yeah. Um, and they didn't do a good job with it to get here, but like you know. He, 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 that's that's where we are, and for the first time in a while, like at least it feels like he's on some good footing, like some real good footing, not just like oh he beat Brock Lesnar in a, in a fluky ass two and a half minute thing, like he actually beat him. Yeah, and it's not like off a low blow, and maybe this will um yeah, maybe they won't make him feud with Baron Corbin for three months after yeah um that destroys the feeling yeah quick right. quickly. Um, so let's get into some of these questions uh, that we got from Facebook and also Twitter. I guess we'll start on the Twitter questions. First one comes from Dan Coffin. What's up, Dan? He said, how scared are you guys of the reports that Vincent Dunn will become more involved in NXT with the move to a two-hour live show on FS1? What changes do you see them implementing? Mm, I mean, the answer question is very scared because those guys don't know what the hell they're doing with that kind of talent. Um, right. We've seen it historically over years, over the years of the year, like they might make them champion. They'll beat the piss out of them as champion. Look at, look at Rey Mysterio. Uh, you know, none of, I mean, this is not a promo. This is not a promo wacky, goofy sports entertainment, um, promotion. That's what Vince and Kevin Dunn want. So they're going to force what they want up upon that fan base in that roster and best of luck to you. I mean, like, there is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, and they're great guys. They're great heels that can um, they can uh, get embarrassed and that kind of stuff. But um, the kind of promos they want of their baby faces, I, I don't really see anybody on the roster that can do that sort of thing, really, um, at least right now. Like, the best baby face promo they probably have right now is uh, Velveteen and Johnny. Johnny. Uh, Velveteen is, I think, is going to be a dub, going to be a duck to water, right? Because like he he's been built for this. Like all he's been doing is cosplaying as the Rock the last two years. So like <laughs> the Rock's the number one. The Rock is the number one reason why they think this kind of shit works, right? So I mean, we saw that the, that fucking debacle that got over he did with the uh, national anthem. So right, uh, anything he touched turns to gold, like or you know anything. Yeah. So um, I, I think they're gonna poison the well. I yeah yeah. I think it's gonna be. Yeah not good and the the thing about it is nxt has built up such a fan base within florida and everything like that i think if they dramatically change everything the crowd will let them know at full yep. sale and eventually they'll stop showing up yep yep um absolutely so um now as far as the johnny thing with the promos like you know, I mean, I don't know if Johnny's still even around. Like, Johnny wasn't on this show, to my knowledge, but... Uh, there are reports that he's been called up, but we don't know. Yeah, we won't know until we see it. Uh, yeah, but uh, the thing for me is, with Johnny, is he he cuts great babyface promos. Fiery babyface are coming for you, but, like, that's not all Vince wants. Vince wants wacky, comedic timing shit. Uh, he wants geeks that with comedic timing. Um, you know, he wants fucking crates falling on you backstage. He wants you to be, you know, damn near mowed down with a vehicle and, um, you 
go all types of other ways. He, he also wants to he also wants to embarrass and constantly like make his baby face like dumbasses too. Uh and unlikable people, which NXT doesn't really do. So there's 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 all that involved. Um there's also the amount of international talent they have and, and people that speak English as not their native language, uh, there's also concern because Vince doesn't really push motherfuckers the correct way uh, that are like that. It's like either speak English or fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, like, you also have to worry about that with not the rise of EO, um, Kushido on the scene, um, almost like doing these exhibitions trying to build himself into the universe until it's time for takeover, t- takeover him to do. Um, you know, like I think I, you know, now I think about it. Like I think Keith Lee could do well with him because Keith Lee is, um, Keith Lee is a kind of uh, a versatile like talker, right? I think Garza um, would do well. Who Garza? I don't know if he speaks English though. Can he speak English? I think he does. Well, if he does, he's good. He's good. Yeah, right. But if he don't, actually, he speaks great he, English. If, okay, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because, you know. <laughs> Like I'm glad. Like well, we so we'll see. Um, if if you know they're using turning. I mean, look, I've been saying this for or last year. I, I was saying it for a while. Like they had, at that time they had enough talent for two hours. Um, they still have the talent for two hours weekly. The problem is they have to if they're going to do that, they got they better hit the ground running trying to get more ta- more of these people over. And you know, I, one of the ways you could do that was with the breakout tournament. Um, but like you're also going to need to add to the women's roster. So we need to see like. Instead of you hiding and housing, uh, you know, well, she's hurt now, but like when you were doing the Rachel Evers, having her having her hidden off, like Perazzo. Deanna, Deanna Perrazzo, she needs to be on TV. Chelsea now. Green, Chelsea Green as well. When she recovers from her uh, from her injury, she had, I think she's probably already on the road again. Yeah, but she's like, back. Yeah, yeah. So Tegan you definitely, Knox. yep, all of them. Uh, when she gets when she gets ready to go, like you need you hit the ground running with them too. Like you need to fill out this division um, or fill out that women's division uh, in in to where you have people that you can go to besides trying to throw Shayna on TV every single week because if you throw Shayna on TV every single week, you're probably asked for trouble. And the cohesion of NXT would probably be would be drastically altered oh, because yeah, they would yeah. have we already know the, you they, already they know would be tempted to rewrite shit. Yeah, you already know it's going to scatterbrain, nonsensical booking, like especially once it goes goes live and also is at the hands of Vance who wants to scrap shit. There's been neatly uh uh neatly crafted for the uh five days and then all of a sudden he shows up he, he rolls out a band and says you know what this ain't it let's go ahead and do shit at the last minute so because i'm you know just so i can feel alive so <laughs> so yeah like it, it's it's definitely a change for the worst by moving on to them if you just look at if their tv product on mondays and tuesdays is any um is any indication so our next question comes and from- also you might get shittier matches too oh yeah yeah um, you know, you might have Dan Matha working on top. You know, Jesus Christ. oh uh, my God, the Riddick, uh, the Riddick, the Riddick regiment. Uh, regiment. Yeah. Did he change his name? Didn't Riddick change his name recently? Nah, Riddick Moss. Matha changed his name too, didn't he? Yeah, actually, they did. Both. Yeah, of them. I guess we got to fix update those jokes, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So wait till he sees Shane Thorne's uh, new body transformation. He'll make him the top star. Boy. Yeah. Um. Got a question from at the JML. What's up, man? Um. He says. How would you feel if Ibushi and Naito face off at the Dome on January 4th, Intercontinental title versus the briefcase with the winner facing Okada on 1-5? So basically, that's the, 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 so basically we're doing plans on plans on plans. (laughs) Like, you got to, like, I got to go through, I got to have 11, or I had to have 10 matches to win the G1. 
and then I have to have a twelfth match to defend the fucking thing. I and don't do know it, about no, that. No, 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 and and not not like because we always have that, but I mean, but do it like the night before I have to take on the greatest wrestler of all time, the way they book it. After, yeah. Good fucking luck. Like this. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's, that's that, that is overkill. Um, uh, it, I don't think they do that, but I mean, I mean, you look at what they have set up. Like if, if they have Shibata versus Kenta, that's a top. That's a top six max max between uh, a match between the the two dome shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we think they're gonna have Moxley at play. Um, for one of these matches, we feel like for almost for sure that Jericho and Tanahashi is gonna be a thing. So, um, I mean. I don't know if you need it necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Ibushi's motivation would be to have the IC title in addition to the briefcase, like to wear both bells, bro. That would be the ultimate fuck you to the Naito Naito. fans. Oh my God. Be like, let Ibushi be the double champion. My God. It Um, would almost be like, as if you've been chasing for uh, the intercontinental belt in another promotion for months. And then like, all of a sudden this fucking person that you don't like at all wins the belt that you've been chasing after for months. And then like, yeah. So now Naito is Tam Nakano. Damn. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, and he had a second question. He says, if Shayna gets called up, how do you feel about another NXT Women's Champion giving up the belt? I would hate every no, second of no, this. this Shayna's been a champion too long. She needs to do a J-O-B, shoulders pinned on the mat, hit with a finish by the right person. I don't care how long you got to keep it on her. Get the right person to beat her. Look, we... We just had the the War Raiders move to the main roster handle and just put the belts down on the fucking mat and walk off, right? Um, when they could have done the job to uh, Street Profits, didn't happen. Um, with the with the Oscar thing, she had a she had a shoulder injury. She and they called her up, right? That that sucks. Um, but as far as handing over more, I mean, you just had the Chompa thing. That's injury, so I can forgive the injury stuff handing the belts over, but. If you're in developmental, you need, if you're in developmental, and you're healthy, and you're coming up, and you're the champion, and you need to drop the, and like uh, drop the belt, get the yeah. next person over, getting ready. Like that's that's that it's not that fucking difficult, right? Like, like these people don't need to be protected on the way out of NXT. I, no, fuck them, beat them. Yeah, um, like there's no one that's like to the level of where it's like yeah they're Goldberg or some shit. Like no, like there's yeah. <laughs> and the closest one you had was Oscar and Oscar had the easy out of she got injured. She separated her shoulder or whatever it was. Yeah. Um next question comes from Bruce Bruce Melsmoen. He says, Do you think New Japan and AEW will be able to work together in the future or are there too many roadblocks? I mean what's the roadblock? Like I don't wanna I don't want to work with you guys because you were our talent and now you left us. Right, I would think so, and now like some of they, I think it's a bunch of hurt feelings both ways. Yeah, it's I, I egos think, and shit. I, I think I think AEW will have to Shout relax out. on people like Moxley and uh, Omega working in America for New Japan. They'd have to relax on that. I think New Japan would have to, you know, essentially <laughs> walk out of their ROH deal. You know, and oh my, oh my God, you can't get rid of the ROH deal. Yeah. Look at what they're doing right now. Look. They're doing fucking shows without them right, right. now in America. So right. it's like, clearly, clearly y- y'all aren't in love with them the way that y'all like, you know, right. like that's just an excuse at this point. Maybe in the future. Like I, and I think the deal would be, it, it's a good place for excursions. Like you bring people to AEW. Right. Um, it makes too much sense not to do it. It, it would be cool. Uh, 
imagine if like um you know they were able to bring someone over for the first tv like that just has our first couple within the first couple weeks yeah like fucking sonata's here this week or something like that and you give them right. a showcase and i i, I don't see why it, it, it really just comes down to hurt egos and feelings and they need to eventually get past that because if they want right. to you know compete the way they say they do like as far as like you know putting on wrestling that is like the best like on both sides of the world they can only help each other mm-hmm. and also it's the only like- thing is well i don't know what new japan might really see in AEW besides kenny I don't, you know, or Jer- Kenny and Jericho and Moxley. Kenny, Jericho, and Moxley. I, I mean, I don't know how much further they really value them. Um, what I would say is, the value would be, it's a major league place to sing your talent, um, your your excursion talent, and and honestly, uh, you have places to um to kind of showcase your your top stars, um in America and you plan on going to America at times and you, and you can bring some of those guys in from that card to help draw. Now, my thing is art, maybe ring honor is not looking for a relationship with ring with a W in the, in a way where it's actual partnership. Like, um, the ring of honor, new Japan thing was always skewed to where new Japan always like had their stars were always bigger and look what happened to ring of honor. Um, not, I'm not saying that's some, you know, evil plot by New Japan to, you know, steal away Ring of Honor fans, but um, maybe Ring of Honor doesn't want a 50-50 partnership. Maybe they, I'm sorry, maybe uh, New Japan doesn't want a 50-50 partnership with anyone. Right. Maybe they just want to say, like, look, we'll ha- we'll chill, we'll do this with you. You send us some of your talent. We'll beat the hell out of them. We'll send our talent, and our talent normally is will be showcased. <laughs> uh, we'll be uh, we'll be put over. And, and that's how that's how we want it done. We don't want it done any other way. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But um, also, um, I, I think that an underrated part is the partnership with AAA that AEW has. And, oh yeah, you know, CMLO is linked with New Japan, and there's not a lot of crossover there. And you know, but wasn't it wasn't it like was it last year when they were they were potentially moving? Uh, they were trying to move like uh, heavens and mountains for La Parka. To get that, yeah, to try to get that shit to work, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I, I think that's a rare special case with Laparco being an in an uh, in 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 individual who walks to the beat of his own drum, and he's gonna show up wherever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. Also, um, who was it that re- that was in par- that was in power that just recently passed and last like Paco Alonso? That CMLO or AAA? CMLO. Yeah, isn't his daughter now in charge or going yes. to be in charge? Yes. You know, so maybe maybe that maybe laxes, things are different. Yeah, yeah. You know, younger people more lax on not you know acting like it's a fucking mob. <laughs> All right. Um, next question comes from Ricky. What's up, Ricky? Of uh, the Ricky and Clive show here on Social Suplex Podcast Network. He says, "What were your thoughts when you saw Edge and Shibata hit those moves on Elias and Kenta?" Okay, I didn't see the Edge thing. I heard about it, and I think Edge gave. Uh, Gave uh, somebody a spear on the Gave Elias right? a spear, and it was like the safest kind of spear you could see. It was like the arm clothesline. His head went down and went nowhere near the mat. But uh, my first mm-hmm. thought, actually, Dave Fenichel was like, was like, whoa, Edge. And I was like, hold on, they let him do a spear? Bro, they wouldn't let Rikishi do a stink face a couple weeks ago. So, like, wow. what the fuck? Like, I-, I was blown. I was like, they let him take a bump? And it's for the pre-show. Right. 
I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, mm. I so Ricky, I didn't have like that connection with Edge that a lot of people had because I essentially missed his entire main event career because I wasn't an active watcher. I've gone back yeah. and watched that stuff. Uh, and, you know, I always knew Edge is like a young guy, tag team guy when I was watching. But, I mean, it's it's good to see him get in the ring and do that because they, they told me he'd never do it again. And if, if he's healthy enough to do that, that's cool for him. Um, now with Shibata, it's like, that was like, holy shit, something major is happening. Yeah, because Shibata's one of Shibata's one of the elite wrestlers in the world. When he like when he just had to just retire because his fucking because he did that stupid fucking headbutt and like and then he started having was it a subdural hematoma? So it's like yeah. yeah, like this dude was probably going to become like he was going to probably be get an IWGP Championship Heavyweight Championship one um, uh, from from that point forward. Uh, but you yeah, know, so it, Naito would have had to do with him too, huh? Yeah, he would have. He, he would have, and I mean, a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if it's because it was such a tragic, tragic thing, tragedy struck in his career ended. But like, uh, a lot of people think that's like one of the best matches of all time. I mean, it is, but like, people hold it in like, nah, like that's a top ten all time type of thing. So, um, so yeah, like, I, with Shibata is like, you know, I mean, what was that? Was that the was that the same Dominion as uh as the the two out of three falls match? No, that was um Secure Genesis. I remember because it was on my birthday. No, 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 no. I mean when he came back, when he came back and said I'm not dead. Oh, um, that was the G1 final of 2000 with Tanahashi, right? I think he 2017. Came, I think he came out in 2017. Okay, okay, okay. So that's right. And then like the yep. next year, like he came out, Shibata came out there with Tanahashi. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like that dude, that dude was like a that dude was a top star. Like he was definitely one of those people that would have won a title or should have won the title at some point of the next over since that moment to now. But um, so it's for me, it's weird that like he came out there and I was super high because like you know whenever I see him, I'm like happy, I, I'm happy to see him. It's kind of like you know when you see um, whenever you see McFoley on TV or whatever else, except like it's more current because like that dude was. Legitimately, one of the ten best wrestlers in the world, and then he just went. Away. It, just it was got, like he was took, about to die. Yeah, and it was tech. Yeah, and he like he might be he might die on the table, right? So and um, so that it was taken from him so fast after he was so great, like literally that night he was great, and then it was gone. Um, uh, it, it's kind of different. And like for me, for for the longest, it was like, look, man, I never like they said he probably shouldn't wrestle ever again. So like, don't let him wrestle ever again. Like, yeah. and I, I feel bad for him at times. I'm happy to see him. He seems more upbeat upbeat for a person never smiles right but um he seems, he seems relatively happy to, whenever he's out in front of the, the the crowd over else and he doesn't like he's like you know just you know you know like down on his down on his luck or gloomy or whatever else but um it just you know i, I know he has that itch to want to do it again but like it's kind of like, i'm kind of having that single thing with dan Bryan. it's like look unless they tell say that like they've come up with a reason for him to do it like i don't see why he should be doing it anymore and it sucks but Look, we are we, we got enough matches to already like love that dude, so it is what it is. Um now after seeing that angle, I'm like, how could they not clearly they must be up to something that we don't know, and then you hear like actually nah, they just did that just for fun. And like, why the fuck would you play with us like that? Yes. Like it's just, I remember when Austin did the Hammond podcast and he um and he he shot the promo for a death match with, with Lesnar. Yes. And then Vince was pissed. He's like, because you just booked the, he just fucking more or less like shot an angle for a match that I can't like outdo. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, the fuck after this, 
Like, what the fuck can you do that's like, going to be a better match than Shibata and Kenta? Like, what can you do a better match for Kenta than Shibata and Kenta right now after you did this? Yeah, and he sat on his chest. Ultimate disrespect. Yeah. But, With his uh, fucking pose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was nice Edge got to do that because Beth was out there, too, so she got to see oh, it. Oh, she was? And, and she's on commentary now, so. That's what's up. Um, uh, yeah. So, she was on the pre-show? I think she was. Okay. I All think. Right. Um, I'd have to check on that, but, um, next question comes from the implications. What's up Imp, on LOP radio. He said, uh, damn it. My question was Ricky's question. So what he said times two, uh, he says uh, also Jesus Christ, uh, this Russell kingdom potential card is filling out extremely nicely. My question is who challenges Tetsuya Naito at the dome? Oh, for the IC belt. Cause he's a fucking loser. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, Jay White. Jay White's already been IC champ before, right? Nah. You took him from Tanahashi, right? Nah. No. Nope. Well, who? Okay, I could have swore. Okay, I, I'm just wrong on that. Um, I mean, that's potential there. Um, I mean, I don't know. Um, after that fucking block final, I don't know if I want to see another Naito and um, and Jay White match. Um, yeah. Let's see. I mean, there's Goto. Uh, there's uh, nope, can't do that again. Um, nope, not Tanahashi. Yeah, they've done that to death. We're near to death. Um, I mean, he just did Jericho last year. Yeah, got his ass whooped. Um, I'm, I'm thinking White. I don't think Taichi. I don't think they'd do that again. Um. Don't do a can't do a Bushi again. Or Bushi's in a fucking match in the main event. So um um they they've done a bunch of uh, Ishi. Yeah. Maybe Will Osprey. Why not? I was thinking Osprey, but I was like maybe I don't think for me I'll be like yeah that makes sense because they're pushing him because he just beat Tanahashi. But then you're like oh yeah he only won he only had, had like eight fucking points. It's like bro like damn near everybody had eight points except Archer. I know I know yeah. I know. Oh Archer. Fucking phenomenal in this tournament, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I would say I would say Osprey and if I threw another one out, I got one. Um, oh my god, I'm, uh, fuck! I'm gonna say it, aren't I? No, I'm not gonna say it. I'm I'm keeping it in pocket. Um, you, Shingo. You know, if you if you feeling Shingo is a possibility, you know, for the for the fight for. For, for Lij, um, I would also like to throw out uh, oh, what's his name? Oh my god, uh, you know, if you feel depending on how you feel about how this is going to go, maybe Juice, maybe. Yeah. I will put that low on the list, but I put it on the list though. Yeah, their match wasn't really well received on the B block, but maybe they got. I mean, another but one they had that so. match a couple years ago when he got that upset on Naito. That like that was that awesome, was, right? So yeah, yeah, I thought you know. Remember in the New Japan mind goes yeah. goes back multiple years, right? Yeah. <laughs> so next question comes from Joe Sabo. What's up, Joe? He says, uh, tell me why WWE had Brock win the money in the bank briefcase only to lose the title to Seth a month later. For something to do. Literally something to do. I guess they, do. they feel like they had no other way to get to SummerSlam when they could literally just announce it. I think, if I remember correctly, um, 
at the WrestleMania, the night of WrestleMania. Maybe Rock they felt won- like they fucked it up at WrestleMania. No, um, uh, maybe I remember. Remember, like this is at the time when they were still doing the. Um, we are not doing, or you know, sorry. The I think the line was that uh, automatic rematches are antiquated. Title rematches are antiquated. So after after the night after WrestleMania at Raw, when Brock when Heyman showed up, he said that Brock wants his rematch, and I think Triple H said, "You're getting a rematch." So Brock was like, "What the fuck?" So then they went off TV, and then Brock showed up, wants money in the bank. So like, oh, I don't get an automatic rematch. All right, I'll go get my fucking rematch. Put me in as put me in as a as a, as a random um, unannounced uh, extra participant. I win the briefcase, I get my rematch, um, and I and you know I get my I get the belt back, and then he loses it again. So, and they're kind of keeping that again this uh, today because today Heyman was trying another rematch, and they said no, fuck off. So. Um, so, I guess that's. What, I guess. Or... I guess that was it. I guess that was their way out of uh, boxing themselves, booking themselves to a corner. I guess. So, Brock Lesnar, Royal Rumble, twenty twenty, be there. Quite possibly. Uh, Joe also had another question. At number thirty, of course. Oh my God, uh, Joe had another question. Uh, he said, "Will Candice LeRae be the NXT Women's Champion?" I asked it because it looks like Johnny's moving on. What does Johnny have to do with Candice uh, outside of being married? I, I don't know. Um... Well, or maybe it's because like because NXT up until like um up until this weekend has treated her like she's only yeah maybe she can get her shine without him. He's, yeah, he's saying yeah. What a novel what a novel concept. Top wrestlers being able to get pushed outside of who the, who they're fucking. Um yeah so yeah uh she's I mean for me I'm pretty sure it's top a face um and for me I would I would have after what they've done. I'd, I'd make EO my top heel, and then I'd have EO or uh, Candice chase her to, you know, to WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. That's what I back, do. Run it back. Do the second match then. Yeah. That's uh, what I do. Um, I think that, yeah, I think she'd be a good option. Uh, even if you got to, like, do some. I mean, what are you, like... I mean, what are your, at this point, I mean, we were talk, we, we talked about this a little before because when they turned, when they turned Bianca heel, they they put themselves in the corner where it's like okay, when they turn uh, Candice and EO heel in such such short succession, it's like okay, so the person's running this fucking division is Shayna, she's a heel. You turn uh, Bianca heel after uh, having her job all the time to uh, Shayna. You had EO turn heel after jobbing to Shayna. Um, you gave her a, a, a escape clause. You had her snap. Okay, fine. Um, but three of your top five women in your division are heels now. Um, and you could have used them as baby face. They already were, but you decided enough of that. Okay. So now you have to elevate. They elevated Mia, but Mia was playing catch up ball. And ultimately the story was she took people off the table. So Shana has to actually fight for herself uh, for the first time in months. Um, so they did a decent job with her, but like they built her up. They She was a weak challenger. Um, because she's only been around for a year and they didn't really start pushing her until the late, late spring, early fall or early uh, summer. Um, and then you also had uh Candace who was there, always there, <laughs> always showing up for work and then you're just getting fucking ignored. Um, she finally got her something now after two years, but, and then the other option was um, the sixth option is a person that is sitting in um, is rehabbing and that's uh, Dakota Kai. 
Um, Dakota Kai needs to make a long run or journey to the top, or maybe they just explain it as while she was gone, she's gotten better and they push her. You could do that, but um, you got to do a lot to erase that stink of her getting jobbed out and scared to death of, of Shayna and getting bullied by Shayna uh, for months on end until Kyrie stood up for her and then won the title because she stood up to uh, <laughs> stood up to Shayna on Dakota's behalf. So this is weird. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of the situation got themselves into. I would love to see Candace win like Candace is super talent. I think Candace is is a uh, is a better wrestler than Dakota, but um. We'll see. Um, I think it, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Shayna does next at War Games. Because if it were me, I just run Hill versus Hill feud and just have Eo win and send her off. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, next question comes or from... beat or beat her on TV and send her off to to for um and give her the uh, and give her the the Oscar run we're like we will we'll bring you in in the fall or, or the late fall and then like try to set you up to where you can have a showcase type thing at a survivor series all right um next question comes from nicholas guerrero he says is nxt a better product overall than wwe right now is nxt a better overall product than the main roster yes yeah yeah i i think it's been that way for quite a while actually <laughs> yeah it's been that way since at least 2017 yeah um where the main roster like tends to come up shorter, all the things that you think they come up short on star building, storytelling, compelling wins, wins and losses, like, you know, mattering, you know, getting the characters over with the audience, misreading the audience a lot. And what I think NXT does a great job of is rotating fresh matchups. Of course, yep. they have less uh, to go through, but all those matchups uh, for the six guys that we always, you know, talk about on here uh, for you know that era, it was Black, Ricochet, uh, Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, and you know one other guy. I forgot who. Uh, either Don, he's either Don or it's Riddle. Don Riddle, like, and there's always there's always someone fresh there. Um, yep. Where NXT gets in trouble is you know when it falls into identity crisis mode. Which, you know, sometimes, like, you know, the TV, that's the dirty secret. No one actually watches the TV on NXT. Um, Except for me, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like, you know, some some of the TV gets kind of, eh. And, and it's pretty straightforward. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with straightforward, you know, most of the time. It's better than, you know, uh, trying to murder your top babyface with a car. So, um <laughs> You know, I'm I'm never gonna let that go. Um, you should like every other summer they're doing some type of murder thing, a uh, murder angle with, with with Roman now. Like either like two years ago he was trying to murder Braun Strowman. This year people are trying to murder him. Boy, well, it's amazing how it, how it flips up like that. But I hope that answers your <laughs> question, Nick. Um, well, we... bro, he obviously is not him now because of the the angle they shot the end Raw tonight. But what if you come out and we find out like. Oh yeah, it was Strowman. His get back. <laughs> yeah, he would have been hilarious. And he was not but, finished with Roman. Yeah, so you'd be like, bro, like, you didn't do this at Elimination Chamber 2018. You didn't, you didn't think of this, huh? You didn't think of none of this. Nope. But yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. We got two more questions. Uh, we got Michael Grimes. He says, "Was Goldberg's match a redemption from his botched Blood Money pay per view?" He only did the two moves he knew so that he could play it safe and not mess it up. 
he didn't come out there just for his pride. I can tell you that he definitely went out there for check too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would imagine there's something involved there because he had a stinker and you know, they say, you know, both Goldberg and Undertaker are very prideful guys of their perform prideful with their performances. And you can see both of them got to come back in successive months. So I would imagine there was a conversation had somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, um, he ain't doing it for free, but but yeah, I'm sure there was a point of like, you know, Goldberg take thinks really highly of himself, um, and rightfully so. Like, he was one of the two or three most over people during 1980 in the, in the heat of the Monday Night War, and um, for me, um, as a person that loved Goldberg, I didn't give a damn how how green he was or how I know much of a non grappler he was. That man came through, fucked shit up, and left, and it was awesome every single week. On um, watching Nitro, I know, I don't know, I'm kind of older, I guess now, so people don't really, you know, they heard about him in Night Wars, but they didn't really, they really, if you weren't there, it's hard to explain like how and why Goldberg like connected the way he did and took off the way he did, but. If you were there and you saw, you understood it. And like for that dude to to have that kind of a match, it, yeah, it, it was sad to hear about. But like you know, he was able to come back and redeem himself. And you know, I'm happy. Like you know, and and it's not about what Goldberg it was never about having some fucking five star technical classic. Like it was never about trying to be Pete Dunne in the ring. It was about explosiveness and and intensity and mission accomplished. Yep. Uh, our last question comes from the guy who asked the first question, Dan Coffin. He says, uh, "How badly do you want Riddle to whip Goldberg's ass?" <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I necessarily want to see them fight each other or one person to whip the other. I'd rather just see the tension because I'm here for the smoke. And I, you know, watching Riddle describe his meeting with Goldberg is just like that. Feels like Goldberg looks at this man like the ultimate young punk, and Riddle is just like like riddles like a badass that might not know exactly who he's stepping into with even though he's a he's a shooter and everything like that there's something about old man strength that you just can't um you know undervalue and i don't know i don't want to see them necessarily like you know one just destroy the other like i like both guys so whatever happens happens yeah it's 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 really weird and I almost feel like it's a gimmick on Riddle's end, but you can't really tell because like he's so lighthearted in, in, in everything he does that like you, you really can't judge on if he's serious or not, because like when have you ever seen a, a, a serious side of Matt Riddle? It's not him like bugging his eyes out because he's pissed because he's selling, he's putting over a match. Right. So um, with me, I just find it weird. It's like, why is he the guy that you're pissed at? Like, you know how many bums there were during the Monday night during the Monday night era? Like, why are you why are you giving shit to Kevin Nash? He's out here doing fucking six moves, and the sixth move was a fucking hair flip, right? Uh, Look at all the like, bums what, on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not even get that, but like, if like if Goldberg is not the one is not the only one to be banging on because of him getting you know him not doing that much while being over at that time like there were a bunch of guys doing that especially in wcw area area so i don't you know i don't really get it i guess that's part of the reason why like i don't really care for it that much and how much of it is like i don't know if he's serious or not because it's like if you love wrestling the way you do then you understand like there are goldberg there are goldberg types that are necessary like you need goldbergs and braun Strowmans and batistas and 
um, whatever other monsters that are kind of limited as far as what they can do in the ring um, to try to, you know, sell danger or whatever else for baby faces or, or what, or what have you like their attractions. And like, he was a great attraction. So I don't really see why he's the one that gets your shit, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. And you know, like I said, I don't know how much of it is real. I, I, I kind of feel like it's kind of feel like it's a fucking work. And it's just like a thing that he just like kept going. He's like, you know, I'm going to keep doing this shit just cause and it's like, what are you going to do? Fire me. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Same thing when he said Jericho. He said that Jericho was uh, this weekend. He's like, "Do you want me to beat the shit out of you? Like, what, what, <laughs> why, why are you, why are you WCW guys coming after me? I care if I will fuck you up." And he, he would. And it's like yeah. Booker T. Like he's like, "Look, but I, I, I don't get why you don't like me, bro. I like you a lot. I don't get it. Like it was, it was interesting to see that whole thing. The, like, the energy you know, like it was almost like um, it was almost like uh, oh my god, what's the name of the movie? What's the this Dave Chappelle '90s um, stoner movie? Half big, half big. He's like, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you." Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. kind of how he was. Yeah, um, yeah, it was funny. Uh, see, it's like somebody had a conversation with uh, him about Booker, and it's like, "Hey, man, that's not the dude you want to try. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what type of MMA <laughs> jujitsu you got. Nah, you don't want to try that guy. He's different. <laughs> like." <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, super long show this week. We're two hours and thirty minutes in. We're Jesus. we're like what keeping are, it strong style territory. I was just about to say, there. what are we keeping it strong style? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, we're gonna wrap this up here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah. Of course, you from know, Tamp- from Tampa to the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yes, yes, literally. So all around the world. Uh, of course, we got One Nation Radios here Sundays. Um, you know, we are recording Monday on this one because you know uh, the way the schedule works. But yeah. Uh, Tuesday is keeping it strong style. Wednesday is Ricky and Clive wrestling show. Uh, every other Wednesday, grown men watch this shit. Thursdays we got Danny's Chop Shop or Get in the Ring on Fridays. Um, and Saturdays, all things elite with Floyd Johnson and Amy O. So um, we'll be getting back into more uh, of the stuff next week. Not really. Too, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm tired now. I'm ready to go to <laughs> sleep. So uh, anything before uh, we get up out of here, James? Nah, man, crazy week, um, and it felt like you know SummerSlam might have been disappointing, but um, like the the Raw that I saw, like there was a lot of hot stuff in it. So like overall, the Friday through uh, Monday of this week of wrestling was like everybody you know did their thing. So good for them, good for everybody, good for wrestling. Yep. All right, we up out of here. Peace. Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.